Hit hard, hit it fast. Gonna make it last today on the safe room. On the safe, it is the safe room show. It, it is, is your favorite, favorite show because it is our show. <laughs> hey, welcome to the safe room. It's your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. It's me, Kevin, DJ Name Catastrophe, and you, Daniel Doomsday, in the house. <laughs> And we both survived Seattle's snowpocalypse. You know, we kind of briefly mentioned it on our last episode yeah. that we did, but we didn't go into it in, in too full. So so what happened to us, Kevin? Um, well, uh, God said that he wanted Seattle done with. <laughs> so he, he wanted to freeze its people out. Legit ice the entire West Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Every fucking hipster just frozen outside like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. So it was crazy because I came home that Sunday night. I think you were playing resident evil 2 for like the 18th time. as i am wont to do and, and you looked outside at one point you're like is it snowing and i was like yeah dude it's been snowing for like hours you're like huh i was like check it huh. and then that <laughs> next morning like you had to go to work earlier than i did i think i had to be in at like 2 30 and you had to be up at like fucking eight to get there at nine and you're like hey you're not going to work today i'm like what do you mean i'm not going to work because the neighbors stop me bless <laughs> their hearts and bless their stomping around that occurs at 8 30 p.m every so, night is that the first lives. time you had ever met them yeah actually okay. i was out there and they they saw me like getting near my car and they're like hey uh hey just to let you know man uh i've watched like 12 to 14 cars try to go up this little incline uh-huh. and they've all slid backwards it is completely ice it was so if you can call out go ahead and call out because you need to do that it was the craziest thing i'd ever tried to get out of because like hours later i was like i'm gonna try and do it and we legit like I watched people with you for like 20, 30 minutes. Just why, slide. why do you want to be at a Starbucks so bad? Like you were fighting just, to go to work. I, I was f- like, dude, fight for the brew, man. I'm a, I'm a brew soldier. <laughs> <laughs> so now we, I ended up working home, from home a bunch of days and it was dreadfully cold, but we, we had one uh, mission to Walmart where we fought through the ice and we had to like unearth my car from like inches of yeah. snow and we had to use your little squeegee you helped right. me squeegee my car and then we got one for for myself we got you an ice scrape because that's super important in case your windows it, ice over daniel it was a little while because we tried to get out over the speed bumps and i was legit like just spinning and reversing in place <laughs> yeah. and like i was afraid my tires were gonna burn out because we saw some dude do that and it was like the worst in a bmw it was the worst rubber in a bmw is the stupidest <laughs> shit like this fucking this uh uh macho insecurity mm-hmm. driving the car with his pal and just fucking burning rubber he in front made of us it. for literally like five minutes yeah i mean he fucking the, made it though the tenacity on yeah. him but i was just like damn dude can you afford new time yeah you can i bet you can <laughs> yeah. so we survived that and then like days later we got another snow in <laughs> where we were fucking snowed in all fucking weekend god went fucking stir crazy yeah. man so stir crazy that we both completed all of kingdom hearts three. Oh my god did like, we ever like in one weekend it was fucking ridiculous. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. I got some housekeeping for you, though, buddy. Let's land it for the people. Let them know what we're about. We are the Save Room Boys, brought to you by your two favorite soft boys, mm-hmm. me, Kevin, and him, Daniel. Yeah, uh, and we're not sponsored by Capcom, even though we might want you to believe that. I We're sponsored. And that's Clementine. We're sponsored in our hearts. <laughs> Heart uh, sponsors don't count for <laughs> shit. You can find the Save Room Show at SoundCloud, our home, which is soundcloud.com slash the Save Room Show. Mm. Or if you don't fucking like that app, go on over to Spotify, maybe iTunes. What's that? Google Play? Fuck yeah. Even Stitcher. And then it stops there. I mean, I still would concede, hey, you can find us on RS Feeds and you can find us on CastBox, which Kevin always fucks up. 
What's um, that? Ca- ca- <laughs> cast what? <laughs> cast sounds. Cast sounds. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're inclined to check us out on any of those places, if you can leave us a review, please do that. We want visibility and we want people to find us. For what reason? Um, I don't know. Misery loves company or some shit like that. All right. And we still have a shortage of Mr. X memes. So if you want to hit us up on the Twitter, <laughs> uh, DM us everything that involves Mr. X slash DMX mm-hmm. at Save Room Show. And also, you can find us on Twitch. What? Really? Where we stream games in oh, the real. Oh, right. Okay, yes. You can find my buddy Kevin over at twitch.tv slash the red herb. It's a Resident Evil reference. <laughs> Do you get it? I get it. Do you get it? It's not the green one, it's the red one. Right, so have you been fighting the urge to always mm-hmm. stream Resident Evil since it came out? No. Okay. Because I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like you, you you tell me off and you're like, I just feel at odds end about it because I feel like people don't watch it like you would expect them to. No, when I fucking dig out some obscure, like if I play Code Veronica, like 30 people come out of the woodwork and just go like, <laughs> is, is it the Wesker fight scene yet? And, and then when I play Resident Evil 2, which I think is the best Resident Evil ever made, of course. like, eh, you know. I don't know if it's just because it's so new. The or numbers ma- don't matter. They don't. Maybe they don't want they to spoil it. They don't matter. It, you know? But I'm just, I'm curious. Are and they then, watching their favorite stream? Is Shroud streaming Resident Evil? Gave it a 7.5 on air? <laughs> Not enough replay value. Yeah. Fuck you, Shroud. It's There's like it's so a forever much replay game. here. <laughs> anyway. And they come up for Onimusha for you, which is also, I don't know. It's like they it's want, Actually, yeah, they like the Onimusha for they sure. They want the weird Capcom they, hits. Yeah, they only want the niche Capcom from me, and mm. I'll, I'll give it to them. I'll fucking give it to you if that's Kevin's going to give it to them. Daniel, if, where can they find you? They can Twitch? find me over at twitch.tv slash Daniels. Um, as of this past week, I got a camera, um, big shout out to Chelsea Heckabad for uh, sending me one of her spare ones that she had. I guess she got one with her VR kit. Yeah. And uh, she's doing the VR. She's doing the Beat Saber. I'm very jealous. Yeah. I I guess she doesn't need Beat Saber to have a camera anymore because she's just in it. She's in the mainframe and like, she doesn't need the camera. So she's just giving them out. (laughs) She's stuck in it. Fucking Sword Art Online style. (laughs) Oh my God. Yo, my animus will know what that is. But super shout out to her for sending me a camera, finally getting my face out there. I haven't gone live with Have you yet. Use it? I haven't used it yet. No, what no, no. The fuck? I, I just haven't streamed this week. Okay. Um, been busy editing. Are you and... gonna shave? Oh no, 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 no. No, you're not gonna shave. I gotta give people the iconic okay. look before I change it up on them. Because there's some good IRLs of people just shaving on air. I mean, just wanna... there's a lot of opportunities. They like the now ASMR for me to do. of yeah. like of the the razor on the face. That soft, soft scrub sound. Oh yeah, Kevin's got the baby face right now. So yeah, you, I got a baby you can face. Hear that right soft now. stubble sound. Smooth. But hopefully I'll be back soon. Maybe I'll play some more RE2. I want to try and do a hardcore speed run, but I know it's not going to be a speed run at all. But yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I guess other housekeeping here. What? Uh, yeah, one last bit here. What is this? I we thought did the a, house was clean. We did it. No, you know, for as many days yeah. as we spent snowed in, we didn't clean it all. No, we didn't at all. We, we made it much worse. It was Go pretty ahead. bad. But um, we did a Resident Evil 2 episode while we were snowed in. We kept each other warm with tales of horror and backtracking <laughs> and the RPD. And it was a good old time. And uh, Mr. X. Ooh. You can check that out pretty soon. It actually should be up already uh, again on Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever. Yeah. The Save Room Show. By the time Listen this it. goes live, it'll be up. So. Listen to it. Listen to it. Now, I want to go back. To, we said previously, mm-hmm. we both beat Kingdom Hearts 3, which apparently is doing pretty fucking well. I see here that it shipped 5 million units, the most in Hearts slash Kingdom history, I oh, believe. Damn. Yeah, so where are you at, man? Because you're the one that actually gives a shit about Sora and, and Goofy and, and the duck. And, and all of those characters. And all of their friends. When we talked about it last, I think I was about a third of the way through it, and now being, you know, all the way through it, um, I could say that it middled for a lot of it okay. for me. I think I, I felt most at this point in my life that, yeah, Kingdom Hearts, the script, 
the writing. It's corny. It's bad sometimes. It's like overwrought with just melodrama huh. and like weird delivery. And I let it pass as a kid, but it just became abundantly clear as I was just being like ran a train on after hours and hours of cutscenes and this and that. And I'm like, okay, this is what it is. Cool. I put you, it aside. You truly are assaulted by cutscenes in that game. I am. I, and it's it's weird because this game like it treats itself like an anime sometimes, and, mm-hmm. and how serious it treats itself. And I'm just like, okay, whatever, whatever. But I got through all the worlds. Yep. Um, eight worlds. There's a huge focus on on Pixar was worlds. That a spoiler? This. Did you spoil how many worlds? I are? don't think so. I think that was known from the start. Okay. Um, some of them delivered for me. Some of them didn't. Yeah. Um, I think the what's, ones I. What's I, the worst? Just let the kids know. What's the worst world? The worst world. Oh my god, I hate to say it, but like. No, you don't give it. I'll give it to Frozen. Give it to Frozen because I like I like I do like the setting and there's some interesting Arendelle part- Arendelle and it definitely mm. it felt at home when we were snowed okay. in and I was playing through that but you know what I didn't mind that world too much the thing is like I didn't mind that world Look I didn't me. like it as much as I could have I would say that and Toy Story the two worlds that kind of like they resonated with me the least I agree with that Toy Story I actually thought would be super cool mm. and it overstayed its welcome literally 15 minutes into it with me a lot of that stupid. Uh, robo fighting that was going on. I think it relies too heavily on it. Like every area, you're bound to come it's into robots thing. that you're better off fighting in a mech. And it's yeah. just like I don't always want to jump I, in a mech. Yeah, to that, do that. I, I, I wasn't digging on that mm-hmm. too much. But like, I, so my question is for after all these years build up and all these plot lines, mm-hmm. like it, it really did try to wrap up like a bunch of shit, mm-hmm. a bunch of things that I didn't necessarily have any kind of grounding with because mm-hmm. I haven't played like the PSP games or or the, the Nokia games, yeah. whatever the fuck they Especially release. not Dream Drop Distance. I actually played that one. Did you? Okay, <laughs> I think I played your copy of it for like 10 minutes and I was like, oh, it plays all right. Okay. That was the one that introduced the wall running shit, right? Where you go up and down buildings. I'm not sure because I never actually played it. I bought it for Angelica and you probably played her copy. Yes. That's what it was. I think you're totally so, right about that. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually played that one. Yeah. So do you, do you feel like it's a resolute conclusion to this story or it's crazy because like i i found myself kind of at a point pumping through some of the worlds because i was mm-hmm. like you know you're in them for two to three hours and you get these like interspersed storylines with like the organization members and i'm like okay i don't really care about that like build me the through line that i know is going to happen towards like the final world and then the end stretch and once you break out of that last world san francisco it goes, it goes on a ride where it's like, okay, I'm getting that sort of like narrative climax and resolution that I've been looking for this entire time that hasn't been like that, you know, has been bogged down by like organization lore and double speak and weird Did you know there's nonsense. more than one organization 13? I still can't believe that. I don't know how to follow that. I don't one, understand one. it. This is the real, like everyone makes a point to go, the real organization 13. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Is that the time traveling one? Who knows? But so you break out really of matter. you break out of San Francisco and then you get that last stretch of narrative and I'm like oh cool they finally should we do spoilers at all should we no I no okay no they they lean into an arc with one of my favorite characters and they bring them back in such a really cool way and you get a fight with them and then you get to actually play as them and it kind of called me back to like uh, one of the games that they're from and I like the versatility of getting to play as different Keyblade wielders because they all have different play styles mm-hmm. and that one paid off for me I was like fuck yeah this is what I've been waiting those, for those those moments that you do play as other characters are are all too brief in my mm-hmm. opinion also because i i just don't like sora as anything mm-hmm. as a character as a human being as 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 the focal point of this franchise i would say after spending like 13 years with him i'm like i'm kind of done with him like he's done as fuck with him yeah done as fuck with him i i remember thinking to myself the biggest surprise about the ending and we won't do spoilers because i have it in my mind that we will do an episode sure, sure. about kingdom hearts where we try to break down 
what the fuck Xenonort's whole time travel odyssey is about. Yeah. Um, is that I didn't think it was Haley Joel Osment <laughs> <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> I didn't the whole time I was just like, oh, they got some bland fuck ass to like replace him because obviously Haley Joel grew up and maybe has a deeper voice. No, 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 they brought him back, man. They brought him back in full swing, and there's like, there's no inspiration or depth to a lot of his line delivery. None, none. It, he's like a blank slate, but like the opposite of blank slate. It's almost like too glaring. It's like staring at fluorescent lights the entire game. Oh my god, that that's who Sora is. It's that is exactly the feeling I had. Just a buzzing in my eyes and brain every time he spoke. He doesn't have the most dimension for like a, a main protagonist, and like you learn to love but him. He doesn't have the most dimension. Listen to yourself. He yeah. has no dimension. He's <laughs> nothing. He is the he's the opposite of a character. He is a void. It's almost like traveling between <laughs> fucking dimensions on that gummy ship just flattened him over time. <laughs> it, it's like if somebody did like um, a VHS copy of Frodo and just continued to copy that same VHS until we got down to this level of degradation where we had nothing. <laughs> That's Sora. I, I would say like Haley Joel's voice acting aside, we do get some cool performances here and there, but his, yeah, Haley Joel didn't bring it. He didn't bring the pain. <laughs> <laughs> we get James Woods and I fucking, I believe James Woods. Who did bring a little bit of the pain in his he performance. He brought it as Hades as he always does. Yeah, he was just like, oh, I remember this role and yeah. they just dove right back into it so it's interesting. for me as a longtime fan i think the the end arc paid off as a fan of um birth by sleep but i don't think it resolved the sora xanort legacy the the way i wanted it to yeah. I, by the time i got like to the end you know fought the last fight got through that last section which took like three to four hours it's a, it was a lot of fighting just okay we won't get into which, it too much but basically the whole game is Disney Worlds until the last five hours, which is the game that they actually wanted to make. Yeah, you can actually see that. Yeah. When they get the Disney shit out of the way is when it's like, okay, now we can yeah. tell you this story without interrupting ourselves. Mm-hmm. It, it's really... Which makes me wish they had... a hard juxtaposition in my mind. They had more room to just do things like that, and I'm sure they're yeah. going to get chances to down the line. Yeah. But I get that they have their contract with Disney and Pixar, and those studios really wanted things to be right that's why we got a fucking three minute version of uh, let it go that's why we got the scenes we did with monsters inc that's why we got what we did with toy story so you know yeah did you see that grim dark trailer for frozen 2 i did why do i want to see that i've never seen frozen i've never had an interest in frozen but when i saw the trailer for frozen 2 i'm just like what is happening here it just looks cool and desolate and it looks I like is frozen a superhero story she this this elsa has ice powers she does have powers people just call her like a female version of frozone from the incredibles but it's rude i i know <laughs> don't, yeah don't, don't demean her she is who she is she's he is who own, he is she's she her own character um, that sells lunch boxes come on everybody. She, oh, she sells a lot of product yeah oh crazy <laughs> amount of product out but there. like i guess the global warming's happening the ice age it's, it's fucking done and through and they're dealing with spring doing a crossover of ice age yeah right <laughs> oh shit ray romano back in the hot seat <laughs> get him in his olaf <laughs> i'm gonna ask you by the end stretch of kingdom hearts did did any of it land for you did you feel like you really had spent your time well what's funny is despite my complete disconnect from any of the characters that it was violently throwing in my face toward mm-hmm. the last five hours yeah all of that was my preference. Okay. I like that game. I like that you went to fight after fight that actually engage your mind. Because I find the combat otherwise, like in the normal worlds where you're doing like Monsters, Inc. and stuff like that, where you get into these little horde battles with mm. nobodies and Heartless, 
could not find the delineation point between what is what. Mm-hmm. That's still confusing to me. Yeah. But that was just, it felt like I was an autopilot. You just press X and you get through most encounters without really having to worry about anything. Nothing tries you. Nothing is challenging in my mind. It's kind of the dis- disappointing part about a lot of the combat in the game where like it's fun and it's flashy. <laughs> but I remember Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 having like a little bit of depth in terms of like, blocking and being evasive and right. like guarding a little more and, and like, that's what i remember and you don't get that until the end of the game where okay fuck it you fight organization 13 one by goddamn one <laughs> it is a goddamn gauntlet yeah, you fight like three of them at a time in certain areas of this this one setting that, and it ends up being the coolest part of the game yeah but i was just like i wish the whole fucking game was this yeah. not honestly i just felt like it was padding itself out with its disney worlds mm-hmm. And then it made every Disney World, like, way too long, in my opinion. I, I wanted them to be kind of short and sweet, rather mm-hmm. than, like, well, you're gonna be in Ar- Arendelle for four well, and a half hours. I get that they needed to fill the level and have, like, a lot of, like, level assets and, like, reasons to tra- traverse. And there's a lot to do within them. And, like, they even make you go back to them after to do additional stuff. Which... Except when it doesn't tell you to go back to them. Okay. Like, the fucking Hercules World is an entirely different level <laughs> when you go back. And the game never gives fuck all about telling you that. So the games are usually pretty good about, like, Chip and Dale coming in uh, at one point. Yeah. But, like, hey, we should go back and see what Herc is doing. And then you go back and you're like, oh, they're Coliseum fights. This game has like nothing like that, like shouting in your face to be like, hey, go back and see this. Cause like legit, you go back after the the Titan fight, which you do in the like opening hours of the game, and it's like it's the reconstruction era hit Olympus. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's just I can't even call it an uneven experience. I think it was pretty consistent mm-hmm. in that I was just kind of shrugging through the first 15 fucking hours or 20 hours of this game. Mm-hmm. Oh my god with moments of like elegance and okay. moments of inspiration where I was like oh that's fun or oh that's kind of cool and then it was the, like the last act that I was like oh there's a good game here it's a confusing game still but it's, at least it's good I wanted more of the good I played probably for 10 hours straight that day to get through to that point and like when I got there it was like midnight I couldn't stop playing because I was so hooked by what they were like giving me mm. like all the payoffs and rewards like the places you go to that like I love from other games and I'm like you know I can't believe they put this in the game yeah uh, and it, it that was all gratifying as a fan and it kept me hyped but it's just like the, what they try and do at the end and the way they try to kind of explain it and you know they're kind of pushing an explanation into another game whether it's a full title or spinoff it's just like I wanted it to end cleanly and they wouldn't no. give it to me <laughs> I, that's true that's yeah. true I agree I think it was kind of a sloppy finish and then like the whole you know open-ended like here's where the series may go yeah i'm just like oh my god i feel like we can talk about that a little bit where there's there's speculation that there's gonna be a push towards more square enix related realms and worlds yeah yeah i think that's actually neat as fuck Mm -hmm. i don't need a kingdom hearts 4 anytime soon Mm -hmm. i would like to see them do more spinoffs like birth by sleep where it's like oh the foundation of the gameplay is there Mm -hmm. but we're doing different things such as going to square enix world i would be down like a fucking clown i mean there's so many cool worlds you could play with and a lot of cool things you could do within them yeah, yeah, exactly. With Square Enix, um, World Ends With You, mm-hmm. and... Um, we keep saying Life is Strange for some reason. Life is Strange. We keep on going back to fucking... <laughs> they're in the PNW, and they're just swatting at nobodies in the fucking woods. But imagine going to, like, a full, like, flesh, like, Final Fantasy world for a change, instead of, like, yeah. seeing, like, these characters yeah, exactly. misplaced in, like, Disney worlds. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I, I would not recommend Kingdom Hearts 3 on one reason alone. The boys are not back in town. There's no Final Fantasy characters. There the... are no Final Fantasy 15 characters, more importantly. <laughs> Mora is wearing that grudge like a crown. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crown of shit. <laughs> but yeah. do you think we'll get any near automata tie-ins? No, probably not. Okay, that's a bummer. <laughs> Just because like they would have to wrap their mind around like how do we de-sexify 2B? Mm-hmm. Like do we make her wear a romper instead of uh instead of the skirt uh, with okay. the high, yeah, the high heels and all that shit? Yeah, sure. yeah. 
Okay, like with the stockings that you know stop at a certain. Point. I mean, look at Aqua's character design. No, let me keep on just scribing to these. <laughs> okay, please here. do, please. This is gonna turn into an ASMR oh, erotic Aqua? cast. Oh, Aqua's pretty fine. Aqua's actually. pretty fine. Aqua's pretty fine. But like for a game that does everything that Kingdom Hearts tries to do better in terms of like, that's what I was thinking so, too. That, the that's... gummy, the gummy missions. Oh my god, there's these fucking like Ikaruga moments in yeah. near Automata that I was like, this is way better than what Kingdom Hearts trying to do. It actually bums me out that like the team Nomura all of them yeah. didn't learn from what near Automata did with that merge of gameplay styles and combat and gunship combat like they do gunship combat so well yeah. those, those fights actually feel like well suited and accommodated <gasps> fucking platinum games should do the next kingdom hearts spinoff Ooh, yeah that'd be pretty cool that would be super cool give them that franchise for a little bit for hmm. a spell they could do i bet you they could do some cool ass shit because kingdom hearts is known for throwing in a lot of it like mini games and stuff and doing a lot mm-hmm. but it doesn't do like any of those things super well I feel like Platinum Games, on the other hand, if you give them those same mini games, they could nail each of them. That's what I want. That's what Platinum does. It's like hyper polish hyper compared polish. to what Kingdom Hearts has done. They're all about that play feel, baby. Yeah. They they want to make sure that that shit feels good in your hands, unless we're talking about Star Fox Zero. Ooh, what a travesty. I guess. I mean, yeah. it, like, it's not like a fucking the Titanic sinking or anything. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> shitty Star Fox. It's true. <laughs> People like hold it against, like, as if like we're on the hook. <laughs> Star Fox, like somebody owes him an apology. <laughs> Stop buying it. Stop talking about it. It's done. <laughs> That's true. Barrel roll away from it. Away from it. Yeah. But otherwise, we'll have some more impressions for not impressions. We're gonna do a full-on fucking review of Kingdom Hearts three. But I want to move on here because a, a big thing happened in the gaming sector uh, last week. By the time this episode comes out, and it kind of took the world by storm. Little Apex Legends. Okay? Apex Legends. Bop. Apex Legends! Yeah, a respawn joint uh, that they basically shadow dropped onto PC, PS4, and Xbox One with little to no, just like rumors. I think it got like a ad spot during the Super Bowl, people were saying. Oh, that was a big thing, right? Yeah, Yeah, and then literally the next day, like it was free to play everywhere. Within the first three days, it was 10 million (laughs) players, and then by the end of the week, it was 25 million registered players have gotten this fucking game. And over the, in its first weekend, it had a concurrency of two million players at once. That's insane. It's knocked Fortnite down from right. being like the most viewed game on Twitch. If you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, it is a battle royale first person shooter by Respawn. These dudes did Titanfall. And on that note, they said <laughs> no Titanfall 3 is fucking coming out, which breaks my goddamn mm-hmm. heart. But they're working on a new Titanfall something that's supposed to come out this year. So we don't know anything about that. This game is actually set in the Titanfall universe. Very tenuously. But like 30 years after the fact. Yeah. Interesting. I I guess I can get like the sci-fi feel behind it. But otherwise, it doesn't seem like anything's borrowed from it. Honestly. And also, there's no fucking Titans. There's no Titans. Honestly, it doesn't need it because this game is super polished fucking feels great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I cannot deny the quality here. I I don't like Battle Royales. Hmm. But this is a quality fucking game, so it's not surprising me that it's taking off like Storm. Yeah, neither of us really, really like Battle Royales. Fortnite wasn't our jam. The building on the fly thing, like, I can't wrap my head around it for some reason. I don't think it's not that deep, but I'm just dumb with it. And then, like, Call of Duty Blackout is the one that I always kind of favored a little bit. You like that one more? But this one, it's like, it's a free-to-play, triple-A 
battle royale and it just it feels better than it has right to feel really (laughs) like like, really really feels better than it should and i think that's why people are getting hooked does any of it feel like how titanfall felt like out of the mechs kind of sort of okay um it kind of feels like when you're just playing as your pilot except they dial back on the wall running that's not there anymore Mm. but you can still do some vaulting and stuff you can slide the power slide you got a fucking super slide by the way if you're going like sliding downhill you can just slide for like 10 years it's It's great great. yeah and it's a class-based which is new to Battle Royale Yeah, games. you have like eight classes you can choose from, and they all play like really specific roles. And it, and it's really rustling uh, fuckfaces jimmies out there because it is a uh, very diverse cast mm. uh, of people of color and women, and I, I think the only white male character is actually locked behind either a paywall yep. or you got to grind to unlock Yeah, them. so there are six <laughs> free characters and two that you have to like pay yeah. or progressively unlock over time. Right, people get so mad about this yeah. shit. And then aren't two of them that. rumored to be like LGBTQ? QA? No, they, yeah, they even said like that's okay. yeah, a part of their uh, little uh, backstory. And that's one, awesome. And one character is non-binary. Okay. Uh, or we just we don't know. But is it the robot? Uh, no, I think it's okay. uh, what's his name? Hellhound or Hellbound or oh. fucking Hellraiser Three? Hellbound. Interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. So the, the one who can see through walls. That would like, be yeah. Three that's second. Hellhound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, no, I, I think the the art style's fucking cool. All the characters have a lot of style. I favor Lifeline because I like healing. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Heal a person when they get fucking shot. But again, I, I run into that same roadblock with um, Battle Royales, which mm. after a while, after a bunch of matches of losing, after a bunch of matches of like having four minutes in and getting shot by a team of three, I just kind of go like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. But I still like in the back of my head, I'm just like, oh, but Apex feels so good. I want to like yeah. play a little bit more. It's a bummer for, for me because there's no rewarding gameplay loop. Um, luckily, they make the games fast enough in terms of like matchmaking and turning around from a loss and just being like, okay, I'm queued up and I'm in another match already. Yeah. But it's just like, I, I'm never winning. I'm barely getting any kills. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. I kind of hate that feeling. But it's like you said, it plays better than a lot of the games that are on the market right now. Right. And it's a like, lot of $60 games. I know. Bethesda. Exactly. <laughs> Todd (laughs) yeah there's little little quality of life features that really make it better for some reason Respawn's very cognizant that a lot of people consider jumping online with randos on chat is akin to being in hell and burning the oh we hate it and roasting alive it's awful uh, which is what it's like for me Mm -hmm. so they made the game really intuitive with this pinging system so you can actually ping items in the environment or even just put waypoints uh in game to let your teammates know hey check this out Mm -hmm. or hey go grab this or even ping enemies and let your guys know shit i saw somebody across the way that's so helpful because you can actually track them over like a certain amount of feet and you're like okay that's they went into that building yeah exactly and then you can kind of like mount an attack on that exactly you can warn each other and then there's just these little like smart decisions like with the the character's voice lines are actually useful like if you so the game is split into squads of three but it's still battle royale so i think it's like what a hundred players all together something like that i know it's out of 60 is it 60 okay it's 60 forgive me so you Um, i think it's up to 20 squads yeah yeah. so you have these squads and when you are attacked by an enemy squad, if your team actually downs all three of them, one of the voice lines will be like, okay, all clear, meaning you can go loot now because mm-hmm. nobody else is going to just blast your ass for trying to get a new gun. Yeah, if they don't get revived, um, I think it's after a few seconds, they basically turn into a fucking loot chest and you get to take all their <laughs> yeah. guns and items. Whether their guns have ammo or not, you'll find out, right. which is pretty crazy. Um, and I'm, then st- I'm still kind of overwhelmed with like, I don't know what items are what, and yeah. you always start with nothing, which is always makes me very anxious it, in it video cre- games. It creates the drop like in a friend feel where it's yeah. like you land you're like okay i gotta pick up whatever i can find and like they color in the way that like they do in um like 
Borderlands MMOs and RPGs. Like, like you De- have like Destiny does. Like yeah. Legend tiers where it's like, okay, you have a gray, what's probably a common, blue is probably yeah. a little more rare, purples are legendary, so on. And that's all cool, but like yeah, half the time I don't know what I'm picking up. And sometimes <laughs> like you might be picking up a gun that somebody dropped that has like two bolts in it. Yeah, the on is... on the fly like item management like that, because like you can go into your menu and you have like, I don't know, like fucking twelve slots or something like that, maybe a little less. Like you yeah, get you, you get pick get up backpacks. backpacks. Yeah, exactly. Very RE two style. Yes. Huh? Uh, yeah, I I don't personally like that where I'm just like fuck. Let me go find a stairwell to hide underneath and like go like sort out my inventory. Like mm-hmm. I I, I kind of more more like moment to moment stuff. But I, that's why I like I like battle royales for the emergent moments where I'm like yeah. okay this shit's really cool. Right. So it, it it's not it's not my favorite thing, but like I I recognize that respawn does each of these things mm-hmm. very very well and introduces some new ideas that are really cool. Zip lining across the environment, uh, the class based like team attacks and stuff mm-hmm. are really cool. You get like ultimates that are very specific to your characters. I yeah. still actually don't feel like I know each character kit very well me neither it's not like because i die well before i get to use that shit i feel like overwatch is very well defined and like okay these are the class sets these are the sort of abilities you have whether it's active healing passive healing or if you're offense characters like what sort of damage output they do this one like it's not as easy to bring up like what your player kit is mm. and i'm i feel like i'm struggling with five like okay i'm gonna drop this ultimate but like what does it do i think you could chill <laughs> on the start menu and see you can like, check check out a few things and i know yeah. there's a training mode but it seems like it was very um specific to just like learning how to play overall mm-hmm. and then I, I don't know if you can go back to training after that actually i don't know I'll, I'll, all i do know is like that first time you load up the client it's like okay here's a training mission and like okay. that's a cool way to intro you to like the like especially if you haven't played battle royales like it's yeah, a good intro that's too. true that's true uh, so it's an, this game's a nice onboarding point for people that don't like this is the battle royale for people that may not like battle royales actually i gotta say like if you like shooters or just like snappy like games right. like this is perfect for it right exactly um uh, i don't know it's it's been very interesting and disruptive to the battle royale scene but like it's for good reason i can't praise it enough like every time i sit down with it like i have fun just because it feels good and like sliding jumping like getting to get into like little bouts even if i don't win like yeah you we were playing with dave we got the soul skaters back together and like we would have these moments where we would find a guy and kind of like you know we'd have a jumping tuss with him and have a little shootout and then we'd overcome him and it was just so fun to like either punch him to death or like the way that dave like spot checks enemies sounds like uh somebody spotting bigfoot in the forest he's like look look look, guys over there over there i'm just like i'm pinging i'm pinging and tracking i get tense like immediately it's he's a good one to have in our squad for sure no it's great like it he does a good call outs um do you think this is gonna have longevity with us oh let's talk to shroud and see if it's a forever game oh my god <laughs> um i i don't think it's gonna have much longevity with us to be honest with you because mm-hmm. even games that are kind of like always online that we really enjoy we're not playing right now mm-hmm. like monster Hunter world for instance That's i true. love that game and it, like i i can only get so much of these kind of games mm-hmm. uh, essentially before i just go back to what i know my bread and butter of like single player shit it just depends on like i guess what the the gameplay loop is yeah where it's like i i like grinding for loot and doing all that stuff to an extent the thing like the way overwatch and call of duty kept their hooks in me long term it's like yeah there's a basic like leveling progress and you get like cosmetic unlocks and stuff like that but like otherwise i'm just like playing to either win a round or lose a round and like that's such an easy gameplay loop for me and it like you know it feels good and especially since this game is free that that grind that you're talking about seems even grindier because Mm -hmm. they it seems like they really do put like a high amount of uh uh, money that you need to earn before you can unlock like just mm-hmm. cosmetics otherwise it's like how about you just use your credit card <laughs> yeah that's what it feels like to me and like i don't i don't fault them for it they made a quality fucking game mm-hmm. 
for free. They got to monetize. So outside of us, I got to wonder what sort of staying power it has. Uh, I guess one, it depends on how well they can actually monetize it. Like, I guess right. like Fortnite did so well and Epic reaped so much cash because of like all the cosmetics people were buying for and, it. And, and not make it seem lopsided is, is like yeah. the big struggle. Because I remember Call of Duty Black Ops 4 had a huge issue with monetization like up front because people were like, this is fucked. Mm-hmm. And then they had to kind of dial back on that. So I, I'm wondering if Respawn's going to run into similar struggles there because I, I just looked at it and was like, I'm not incentivized to like spend money on this shit. No, I'm, I'm not either. Like we got like a few like, uh, I guess they call them Apex packs or whatever. And like you get like three mm-hmm. items in them, whether it's like guns oh, or emails. Yeah, or stuff or, like that yeah, yeah, and i'm like i'm not gonna pay for that stuff i just don't care enough. but we're not that kind of consumer no you know? I, I mean i am with overwatch because like i got in on the ground level with that game and i love those characters right. these characters i can mm-hmm. kind of take or leave although they are unique and cool in their own ways yeah that's true <laughs> that's true enough I think this one might have some staying power for sure, just because it plays so well. And if they can keep on treating it in the same way, like maybe do seasons mm-hmm. like Overwatch and Fortnite does, and maybe change the environment in some way. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're going to keep on fine tuning it. Of course. But uh, yeah, I, I think as, as long as it has that support, people will bite. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna, I don't think we're going to see super retention over the course of this year just because it's like, well, there's so many battle royales out there in the market yeah. people are going to pick pick their sides and i wonder how many are just going to jump back to Fortnite after a while it's crazy because you're seeing super hype about it now and you were telling me that like there are streamers that were getting kind of like booed at for playing this over playing something like Fortnite that they're known yep. for playing and it's like well if somebody wants to play a different game or a different battle royale let them experiment and have oh, that's fun. not how it works no no, no. no, you're, no, no, no. you're owned by your twitch audience yeah twitch.tv users nope nope <clears> they don't want you to fucking play what you want what the hell's wrong <laughs> with you get yeah. the fuck out of here that's you... not why they're giving you the bits yeah exactly they want to see the chicken dinners and pub gee they don't want to see this fucking apex sci-fi shit yeah god forbid you put on journey one day they're gonna fucking break (laughs) their laptop tank yeah i guess one last point do you think it's weird of ea of all companies to like shadow drop a game like this i think it's weird right before fucking anthem comes out (laughs) your other service level online game why did they do this to themselves you fucking did this to titanfall 2 my dogs and that do they hate respawn (laughs) <laughs> what's going on like they they begrudgingly work with reese no i i think what are they gonna a do relationship there that's that that's very mutual in some regards yeah. but um it makes me wonder what they're gonna do to fall in order i just i just feel like you fucking sucked out some of the oxygen from the room doing that to, mm-hmm. to and especially since people were so it, it seems like to me people are so on the fence with anthem about whether or not like uh do i want to get this do i do i not want to get this i like bioware for this reason but mm-hmm. that's not what they're doing in this fucking game and then you come out and drop this motherfucking game? There is nobody at Bioware that's smiling about this right now, motherfucker. They have to be pissed. Michael Gamble's like, God damn it, guys. I don't think they're pissed. I'm sure they're like saying the same old fucking platitudes mm. out there about like, oh no, when good games come out, it's good for the industry. But secretly, they're wringing their fucking wrists and going, why would you do this to us? I guess it just, it's all determined on the demographic, right? Who are the sort of people that would play a game like Apex Legends? Is it the Battle Royale crowd? Is it the Call of Duty players? Do those sort of people play games like Dragon Age or Mass Effect? Like, are those two audiences, like, differently defined? I guess so, but if a buffet was, like, everything had a price point, and then you rolled out the fucking pudding for free, Mm -hmm. you're gonna get people walking over to the pudding whether or not they wanted to eat some ham. I I mean, they're gonna be skipping on fucking the entree and eating (laughs) dessert. Like, that's that's a clunky analogy, but it's like, it doesn't matter, because if it's fucking free and it's got some mind share right now that just sucked away from everything else. My thing is, like, I think the people that were interested in Anthem from the beginning, they're still gonna buy it. They're still gonna, like, be invested in it. Yeah, no, for sure. 
it's still it's not going to take away from them. It's not going to have its audience. But Anthem, it just feels like ugh, half cocked because I played the demo. I found it super choppy. I didn't find it as smooth as I wanted it mm-hmm. to be. And then they have this weird re- staggered release thing, depending on whether or not you're paying into EA's fucking subscription model or not. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, because everyone's like, it came out this weekend. But everyone else, it comes out on the 22nd. You know? Yeah, I think whoever bought it on Origins is playing it right now. And apparently the build that's out now is better than the demo build. So like what you played, I guess like polish level, it's not as good as it could be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still kind of I'm still kind of wondering what that one's going to do. And mm-hmm. I'm also like, I still kind of want to play it because I want that concept of a game, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I, I don't know if they're quite landing it. Okay. We'll see. But for for that to be like, that's such of a question mark. And then for Apex Legends to come out literally a week beforehand. Come on. It's what the insane. fuck are you They're doing They literally did what they did to Titanfall 2 all over again. And if they come at it with this, like, there's two types of gamers. The discerning gamer. Like, no. Yeah. EA, come on. Like, give your IPs a chance to breathe. And, like, I, I get that this is a free one, and that's how they're going to yeah. build crazy hype, and they're going to make revenue off this game. But Listen, like, dog, EA's fucking weird decisions got them, uh, because the, they reported out on a weaker Q3 mm-hmm. last year, and then their stock rose when Apex saved their ass. Oh, uh, how could it not have? So it's like, God damn it, man. You're so lucky that Apex is good fucking... <laughs> do you think we're going to... Because they make goofy decisions with their fucking market, man. They do. Do you think we're going to get Titanfall 3 like anytime soon because of this, though? No. You don't think so? No, I don't. I, I really doubt that Respawn has Titanfall 3. They've said they don't. Okay. They said they don't because they're working on Jedi Fallen Order. And then they're saying they're working on another Titanfall project that's supposed to come out this fucking year. What? I don't know what... That's crazy. What? What? Yeah, that's what they announced on hmm. one of their earnings calls. And it was just like, what? Okay, whatever. Well, shit. I mean, I'm excited to see what that could be and what that could mean, but... I do hate that that means uh, we're probably not going to get that Star Wars game this year. It's probably a 2020 game. No, I mean, so many of the people over at Respawn right now are probably working, like, day and night on fucking... On Apex. Keeping that shit going and live and fine-tuning it. And, like, the more players you have on, like, a player base on servers, the more people you have to have on hand to maintain it. So, like, they're probably all going all in for this right now. Yeah, so they're stretched thin. Titanfall 3? Nah, ain't gonna happen. But you know what's gonna happen, apparently? What? Or, well, I guess what's rumored to happen. Um, Neil Neil Blumkamp was uh, tweeting Blumkamp? on... Blumkamp? He was the tweeting Blumkamp. online about how, like, somebody was like, hey, can we get Chappie in uh, Apex Legends? And he's like, I'm down for it. And then Vince Apollo, like, tweeted back, and I'm like, I'm also down for this. Down as a clown. Yeah. They already have Pathfinder, who's exactly, like, yeah. chappy. So it'd be cool if we got, like, a chappy skin. Exactly. <laughs> and the voice lines and shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Get Charlto Copley back. Oh, That'd be yes. pretty dope. Uh, speaking of the Bloom Camp, um, him and his uh, Oath Studios, Oath Studios, did a uh, Anthem trailer, Anthem Conviction, mm. which was kind of confusing because you thought it was a trailer for an actual movie because they posed it that way. Okay. Because they're like, it's a an it's a anthem short film by Neil Bloomkamp, and you watch it, and you're just like, I'm sorry, are these actual like story beats from the game, mm-hmm. or is this pumping up some other thing? Either way, the visuals were cool. Okay, <laughs> he does such like yeah. interesting like I guess I could call them fan projects. <laughs> like I, I don't know, I really like what he does. I don't know why we're not letting this dude do more, man. Remember the the his, Halo one? His Halo movie went went down the tube. So did um fuck he was doing something else that was just like why didn't this oh alien fucking five. Oh yeah a direct sequel to aliens fuck. he was working on with amazing concept art 
And then they're like, well, you know, Ridley Scott still wants to do his wet fart Prometheus sequels. So mm. <laughs> so we're going to give it to him because we want to have any brand confusion. Alien Covenant sucks. <laughs> Alien Covenant is such a fucking bad movie. Fucking sucks. And it bums me out because I really like Prometheus. And I know that's contentious, but I don't care. I like Prometheus. Prometheus is way better <laughs> yeah. than, and I did not like Prometheus. It is way better than Not Covenant. many people did. We do not need to see any more of fucking Ridley Scott's vision for Xenomorphs. We're done. <laughs> Bloom Camp came in here with this fucking creme de la creme, and they're like, oh, well, you know, yeah. this guy, he made Playroom, he made, play, he made, he made Gladiator. And it's like, no, he's, he's 100. <laughs> he hates Xenomorphs. <laughs> he doesn't understand why you guys like them. Get Not them anymore. He's so out of touch with it. <laughs> All right, that was tangent on the side. But something cool did come out this week. It came out on uh, February 15th, or last week at this point. I don't know. Time is an illusion mm-hmm. whenever we record these. Uh, Resident Evil 2 had some... Well, it's not really DLC. It's extra content that came as a free update to the mm-hmm. game called Ghost Survivors. So it's additional kind of vignette chapters that focus on different characters that we talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Kendo, Catherine Harris? Warren, sorry. Mm-hmm. Catherine Warren and then an unnamed Umbrella USS uh, guard okay. that was chilling with Hunk but got stuck in the nest. <laughs> so you play as uh, the three of them, but um, it's okay. That's such a bummer. No, no. Because I, I haven't played it yet. It's not even like that. It's just I, I could, like the way they hyped it up, it made it seem like it was like extra story-based chapters. Right. But it actually has very little in the way of story, and it's more like bonus modes, more akin to the Four Survivor. Okay. Which you unlock at the end of the game. I watched you stream it last night because you played a little. You played all of it online, basically. Yeah, I played all of it. And I watched the end of uh, the Mayor's Daughters campaign, and yeah. the way it ended, I was like, "That's such a weird way to end what <laughs> right? is supposed to be like this what if narrative scenario." And so goofy. I, I don't know. I guess it was implemented differently. But you're right. They seem to play out more like modes than huge narrative bites. They are, but like you can't really get fucked up because they didn't try to put a price tag on this mm. it's not it a part of a free. season pass it's free yeah. shit and it's neat because like when you so when you go through it's a lot like for survivor you got to figure out basically how to get past zombies with a very limited inventory oh great so a grueling gauntlet of enemies. it's fucking grueling and they introduce mm. new enemies that are actually really cool hmm. but really annoying because of how difficult this mode is okay. like it ends up being hard as shit dude they have this one zombie called the pale head which is re2's version i guess of a crimson head okay the pale heads regenerate after you do damage on them so they're very hard to kill Ooh. and they're very weird they look like something out of pan's labyrinth they're disgusting like the pale boys with the the pale boys they're... oh god they have they like look... no eyes they look like the monster in like wreck and i'm just like oh yes oh. like something from the descent that hasn't seen light in years exactly it's, it's disgusting looking. but they're really fast and really difficult mm-hmm. so that, that's actually a cool enemy that i'm a little sad that they don't just don't throw into the main campaign in some way what, what was your hope that they would do like uh an arrange mode where like the puzzles and everything and layout of the the maps are a little different and then they put different enemies in yes exactly that. okay cool <laughs> I, I was like i don't think i remember the name of it quite yet but <laughs> you just you gave it all right cool. there. yeah that's what it was called in the older games arrange mm. mode uh, which is cool because you know it fucks with your expectations okay. of what you can unlock and what you can do and stuff it's cool i want that but throw in these extra things i also have zombies that have like backpacks on them and that's how you get items in the game mm-hmm. they'll have like herbs and gunpowder and shit which is really cool concept actually and then there is um one last enemy there's new zombies that are basically poisons they're like corrupted Mm -hmm. so they they have glowing eyes and a fucking little purple steam coming out of them if they bite you you're fucking poisoned if you kill one and it explodes on you too closely you're poisoned damn they are pretty difficult 
to to get through but it's 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 interesting how how they play into it i just uh it's okay like kendo shit was cool Mm -hmm. um the nest one was probably the most grueling to do Mm -hmm. they have it where you can do on a training difficulty i literally had to go to training difficulty just to see these things through at first um so what are are the tiers of difficulties training standard and that's it okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah they're, they're, like you, it, the normal difficulty like literally there'll be stars to it okay and it goes from like uh two to five depending on the chapter okay and then then you could switch the training where it's easier where you have way more inventory way mm. more items you start off with and you also have like a soft lock aim to like just practice okay yeah because I, I saw you doing that on stream i was like damn i know he's really good at resident evil but he's landing every shot <laughs> yeah it's stupid actually i don't i don't like it like that okay <laughs> but um they're okay, and then if you do all three, you actually unlock the coolest thing. I saw this. The coolest shit. No way out. You play as the sheriff that gets fucking yoked at the beginning of the game in the gas station. You're stuck in just the gas station mm-hmm. uh, in what is essentially a wave horde mode. Mm-hmm. You have to kill a hundred zombies. Doesn't sound too bad, no, but it really doesn't. actually it's incredibly difficult. In, fi- in fact, it's probably the hardest of all of them. Well, I guess thinking about like how you come across zombies in the main game and how hard that is sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, having to endure waves of that So many. all you have are the fucking aisles mm-hmm. to get between, which are super narrow. And every 10 waves, something harder and worse comes out. They got armored zombies. They got a fucking cyborg zombie that's got a giant fucking cyborg arm that can hurt you. What the hell? They got the pale boys are running around there as they well. They got the poison heads and so you start with a handgun with unlimited ammo but you, which we always say like it's cool to have unlimited ammo but it is weaker by default it is weak by default and this one it's not not so bad they they tailor it a little better okay. or like when you the first waves die really easy and then they get progressively harder and then there's backpack zombies that drop like new weapons and shit and you basically have to like use the weapon and then discard that shit so you have room to grab like more shit i saw you doing it in interesting ways where like they'll drop a backpack and you'll leave it until you like use up an item that you currently yeah. have on hand yeah, yeah, like, yeah okay cool i want to pick up that flamethrower but i need to finish up these like smg rounds right and then you have um (laughs) zombies that have a fucking like propane tank on their back okay and you can just shoot it and they'll explode or if you kill the zombie they'll drop it and you could strategically just save that until you get like wrangle up enough of them to use it on so you're creating like environmental barriers and shit that you can use to your advantage then right that's so cool this shit it's the coolest shit oh by the way the sheriff's name is daniel oh Ah, sheriff daniel i don't think i would last nearly as long as he did Ah, well it's hard to fucking last in them i died endlessly endlessly and i got it today i finally popped uh oh you did yes i did oh cool because cool. Uh, when i watched you do it after i went and got us coffee you were i was so pissed you hit 90 <laughs> or so and i was like okay oh, you're so close yeah i know and i fucking died it is difficult dude mm. i was doing i was just unloading absolutely everything i had on these goddamn bastards until i got it what's cool is when you beat each of the scenarios in um ghost survivors you actually unlock items mm-hmm. and it's just like wearable heads you can get a fucking liquor head is what i unlocked you can get the tyrant head mr x mm-hmm. with a stupid hat just wear it on your body i actually you'll love this i unlock the molded head oh really from re7 <laughs> yeah from re7 oh what that's so cool and, or like or you can get a raccoon hat i put it on my sheriff the okay. raccoon hat running around is my favorite it He's- made it all feel so whimsical and i'm like this feels so weird i i saw images of the uh the mayor's daughter wearing the tyrant head and i'm like oh my god he's wearing a fucking romper so like honestly if this is like a testing ground to kind of like see what people would want mm-hmm. for post content from this game because obviously 
the campaign they're adherent to like remaking the original game and all that this is the first time we've seen resident evil 2 like kind of expanded elsewhere so mm -hmm. that's kind of cool i would love to see them like maybe do a bigger horde mode maybe have me trying to survive in the rpd lobby or some shit that'd be pretty neat put harder enemies coming my way and stuff like that i always like the idea of eventually maybe having like you know two player co-op with it you know you play as Claire yeah. and leon and you have to just survive together like throughout the course of a night basically yeah we're a big fan of like horde modes mercenaries is like one of our favorite reoccurring resident evil bring modes. back mercenaries and we're just screaming for things like that so it's cool that you got like this is kind of like a sampling of it in a way kind of yeah, yeah. If, if they come out with a mercenaries mode I've, you could put a price tag on it mm -hmm. i will buy it so you would say out of all the modes that one is by and large your favorite out of all the ghost survivor ones it is my favorite one okay yeah that one's really fun it's because it's simple it's to the point it's difficult but it is a fucking thrill. No it's crazy out. to me that they're all as hard as they are. They're I wasn't expecting this, to see these like gauntlets for each character. <laughs> like I was expecting, um, her name's Catherine, right? Uh, Catherine Warren, yes. To be weak, like not ve find very many items. Like go she through starts it, with a magnum, which is crazy. <laughs> she starts with a fucking <laughs> magnum, but she fights like so. She fights like twenty dogs and like three liquors, chilling in a basketball court. Wow. There's this one point where I'm walking outside of the orphanage, and the bus that's there, literally like twenty zombies just pour out of the bus, and you're expected to go in there. Oh, there's pale heads waiting in there anyway. That's so fucked up. It is fucking leveled against you. Like you're you're getting through it like skin of your teeth, essentially. Hmm. I do want to watch like videos of people fucking mastering it though, because I'm just gonna steal their technique. That one guy that we watched speedrun. We we always talk about this guy. I, I can't remember his name, but <laughs> yeah, but he shook your world. He was crazy, dude. He, he inspired crazy. me. Yeah, he was crazy good at it. I, I haven't played it yet, but I'm excited to go through it. Little disappointed that it's not like narrative Story. stuff, but like it's not whatever because i didn't love fourth survivor honestly like yeah. since i popped the trophy i will never do that run again i do not care <laughs> it wasn't f too fun for me but i probably will spend my most most of my time with the fourth mode for sure okay yeah. well i i do recommend at least yeah no way out okay cool but we we got some uh, just two quick hits today before we get into the bulk of our news uh let me tell you we're gonna we're gonna do a nice little juxtaposition between super fucking bummer in the video game world mm -hmm. versus cool shit that makes you happy about the video game yeah. future so, so it's gonna be a dichotomy of feelings but uh yeah we're gonna, we're gonna get you guys through it but i got to, i got a quick hit for you uh mr man and it's well, actually this is a sad one too really yeah because netherround confirmed that shaggy will never be in mortal Kombat no 11. ultra instinct got the axe <laughs> you got ultra axe they <sighs> did nope they said no so community manager tyler Lansdowne, the enemy said uh <laughs> <laughs> said quote shaggy will not be in the game ever sorry dead meme <laughs> fucking fatality on on this hope yeah well nether realm however did reveal that returning fighters uh cabal kano jade and mk10's devora will be in the game that's actually a cool lineup by the uh, way. yeah i think so too yeah. I, I was hoping for for cable yeah or cabal. Uh, cabal cabal looks fucking buck nasty his redesign and then uh jade is a fan favorite mm -hmm. that everyone was very upset because they basically killed her in mk10 like in a cutscene or some shit and people were mad you couldn't play as her so they heard. I forget. Is she Melina's back. sister? Is she... she is more of Melina's like kind of guard. Okay. Uh, and buddy, but I, I, they're not related. But they're both from Adenia. Hmm. Yes, I, I know a little bit of the MK lore. Very cool. Yeah, you want to know about Rain? Sure. Yeah. Well, he uh, he he likes water. <laughs> <laughs> he does acid rain tricks. He's neat. <laughs> But that's super sad, guys. Sorry. But first of all, you are never gonna get fucking fucking shaggy. No, as much as we thought it would be a funny thing to happen, 
it didn't matter how many petition signatures you got. It's not happening. I would have done it for the meme. I would have done it for the meme. I I, if I were Ed Boom, I'd be like, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. It's going to be super goofy and out of character, but like, we're doing it. The question is, who? what characters will they add as as post-launch DLC? I think there's supposed to be six that they're adding to the oh, game. Oh, cool. Um, I don't even want to speculate. <laughs> do you think we're going to get a lot of characters outside of the MK yeah. lore? Okay. That seems to be what they do for, for their games these days. Literally all of them. Yeah. It's the reason why we got the Ninja Turtles and in Injustice. I want to play as Tim the Toolman Taylor oh, yeah? from Home Improvement, and he's tuning up fools with his crazy inventions. Can we get a friendship where like Al's in there and you kind of see him poking over a fence and like, just observing the, the, the carnage? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wilson is the one who pokes over the fence. Al Borland is his partner in crime. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're so right. we would get it where Tim just like fucking throws somebody on the fence <laughs> and Wilson pokes his head up and he's just like, Tim! <laughs> It'd be a stage fatality. Exactly. <laughs> you're just in his backyard fighting well i don't think we're gonna get that well i love this yeah <laughs> this is better than that i because it's wb yeah good what if we got like buffy characters no fuck you yeah wouldn't that be cool fuck you yeah, <laughs> yeah could you imagine playing as like buffy summers oh i would love to play as buffy summers oh my god she just she uses mr pointy to stake a fool oh that He's would be so neat. fucking cool dusting motherfuckers and i hear they're supposed to be doing a reunion or something so this will make it relevant again are they doing a well it's, it's 20 years for angel mm-hmm. actually oh wow which is one of my favorite shows of all fucking time had that killer theme song too and then it switches straight into some fucking like early I, 2000s trip hop yeah because yeah, he's it's like the orchestral stuff first yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's my vote i would want david boreanaz d Bore. oh d Bore as well yeah. Oh man! So are we just like making a Whedon verse fighting game at this point? It's been a while. Oh my god! So Firefly versus Angel versus Dollhouse. Yeah, if I guess remember that show. <laughs> and then you could get DLC characters from um, Much Ado About Nothing, just for the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods a little bit because Whedon wrote it. Fuck it. That'd be cool. That actually. would be cool. I want a Cabin in the Woods fighting game. There we go. I want a Cabin in the Woods anything video game. Right? For sure. That's such a cool IP to like yeah. not do something with. And I can imagine like horror mode like survive in the house against like all these nightmares that are coming out of the basement. Yeah, right. Well, we're probably going to put fucking Voldemort or something in the game. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if we get Harry Potter as a result? Just Harry Potter. Yeah. No, I want Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to balance out, I guess, the sad news of Shaggy not hitting MK, uh, we got some good news, good unexpected news. It's actually really fucking cool. Uh, Team Cherry announces Silk Song, a full-fledged sequel to 2017's Hollow Knight. Fuck yes, dude, dude. I fucking got so excited when I saw this. Yo, song. how hype are you? It was Valentine's Day morning, and I was in bed just like on my phone still doing what i do you know the morning routines of how you gotta catch up on everything and yeah, I dude, saw, when I, you're just trying to lift your head up because it's so heavy and it's gotten so only heavy. heavier the older you get but this this trailer elevated me it got me like above the bed it was like i love it, <laughs> it i love so it great. dude i'm so happy for that i fucking love hollow knight through and through what are these deets i'm gonna lay the deets down here for you it was initially promised to Kickstarter backers that a free expansion would be coming centered around one of Hollow Knight's fan-favorite antagonists, Hornets. However, as Team Cherry put their shoulder to the project, they had discovered they had a full sequel on their hands. Announced on February 14th, it was revealed that the sequel, Silk Song, will place Hornet in an entirely new kingdom outside of Hallownest. 
From Team Cherry's blog, quote, Almost from the very start, Hornet's adventure was intended to take place in a new land, but as we dove in, it quickly became too large and too unique to stay a DLC, as initially planned. We do know that makes the wait a little longer, but we think the final fresh world you'll get to explore is worth it. Second quote here, Hollow Knight Silk Song will be available at launch on Windows, Mac, Linux, and Nintendo Switch, which is kind of cool. <laughs> More Platinums may happen. Just remember, we're three people already working rather hard, so we haven't committed to anything else just yet. We don't want to collapse before we get this massive bug kingdom ready for you end quote this game will showcase entirely new areas spanning from coral forests and mossy grottas to a gilded city equip you with a brand new arsenal of tools and acrobatic ability sets and pit you against over 150 enemies and brand new bosses much like with hollow knight a silk soul challenge mode will be available after you beat the game while there's no announced date yet the game will come to backers first there's no word yet either on when it will come to xbox one or playstation 4 Fuck yes, fuck yes, fuck yes. Biggest takeaway, I cannot believe such an incredible game was made by three individuals. I couldn't believe it. Like, holy shit. There's so much detail and artistry. Every inch of that game is so well done. It's it's hard to believe that even a game like... It's a little different in style, but like Salt and Sanctuary, that that's like basically a two-person team that did yeah, that. And yeah. I'm like, I don't well, Wasn't get... it made out here, by the way? Yeah, it was like made in the... Seattle. Nice. Yeah nice so but i mean everyone's dead now after snowpocalypse basically (laughs) we will rebuild (laughs) (laughs) so hollow knight man okay for me because like i just played the game last year but technically it was like early access for a long time Mm -hmm. or something like that and then uh you know fuck when was it 2016 or something like that i got in the pc early access yeah but it's new to me (laughs) and then 2017 it got the full release uh summer 2018 it came to switch and then in september october it came to playstation ps4 and xbox Xbox one yeah yeah because i got the switch version first and then i got the ps4 version and went went ham on it all over again Mm -hmm. um so that's gonna happen again you're saying like it's coming out for switch and pc first okay i like my trophies I, like I do too. Choice. I gotta wonder if I'm gonna do the same thing where I buy it first on the Switch and kind of get. Yeah, I'll buy so it twice. Far. These are three motherfuckers that dedicated like all their heart, blood, sweat, tears, and creativity into one of. It is the best Metroidvania. Hollow Knight is the best Metroidvania I've ever fucking played in my life. Hands down, and a lot of people would agree. Yeah. So Silk Song, uh, Silk Song, right? Silk Song. Cool. That's a cool name. I want it all. I, I do too. I think it was when I was playing Hollow Knight on stream. Uh, Vernon, he was like, "Hey, so like Kickstarter backers are going to get this cool expansion where you get to play as Hornet." And I was like, "That's actually really cool." I was like, "So they're doing the Shovel Knight approach, where like you will get to play as like other knights and characters yeah, and stuff." Yeah, and like, yeah. I know they did that with like Specter Knight and Plague Knight for the Shovel Knight games. Mm-hmm. And that was really well received. So I was like, "Okay, fuck yeah!" Like Hornet kind of pops in and out like a few times as like an antagonist. I guess she's like the secret keeper of uh, Hallownest. It's protector trying to like preserve yeah, it. you fight her pretty early on yeah I, I and remember. she she's basically try, trying to stop you and slow you down and make you see reason but like you fight her like three times and then in the end she just kind of like becomes your friend and goes away and so it's kind of cool to see a take where she what a character genesis right it's cool to see a take where she's like kind of the protagonist and getting to explore a new uh kingdom and her ability sets like the way when you fight her she the way she moves about the level and traverses is way different than you do Mm-hmm. so imagine those skill sets in like a, a metroidvania formula like getting to do her like her straight dash or like some of the stuff she gets to do right oh, right 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 so it, it's almost like we've gone from like 
playing as the Belmonts in Castlevania and jump to Alucard, who has all these fucking skills and jumping around and maneuverability. I am down, dude. I I think she's going to be OP, but I think the game is going to be really hard. Oh, the first one's fucking hard. That's true. true. (laughs) It's first one's fucking hard. But yeah, yeah. No, it's fantastic. If you have not gotten on the Hollow Knight train, if if you spend all year trying to figure out if you want Death's Gambit versus Dead Cells, get fucked. Hollow Knight is better than every (laughs) fucking game ever made. It made both of our game of the year lists for yeah it did and it should have been way higher but i like i didn't even like beat all of it at that point i still haven't beaten all of it because it's a massive game in my opinion my one desire is that they kind of fix up the the map a little bit Mm -hmm. we've seen some really good maps come out in games including resident evil i would really like uh (laughs) that's the that's my only criticism for the first game i feel like it's gonna follow the same formula hopefully they will have learned what like you know people have been saying on twitter and forums and elsewhere i'm sure the kickstarters have oh don't listen to people on twitter (laughs) right i'm sure people on kickstarter have more of a say of like hey here's what you guys should tweak and do but like the map system initially it's like you basically have to go through new areas and until you find i think his name's like cornelius you have to find him to find that map for the area and if you don't navigating becomes very difficult like you backtrack like needlessly and you get lost a lot so the, the maps are definitely crucial i just hope they give you a way to unlock them easier yeah that's it that would be my only thing make make that a little easier and definitely do what you did with void heart edition where you have the map markers where you can kind of like ping like places of interest because that helped a lot too that was only void heart yeah they, that? they added oh that my after god the i didn't even realize yeah. okay cool 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 yes that helps a lot mm-hmm. but you can also you know make that map a little better <laughs> <laughs> not every map's gonna be like re2 my dude no dude, I, I, I understand i understand i'm just saying that like if you had to do a map you could just make it a little better it's true <laughs> dude i'm stoked <laughs> I'm bummed I don't know when it's coming out, but give it to me now. I want to fucking play as Hornet. I want to fight all those bosses. I want to be back in that world. What's your biggest hope for for the game? Like, what would you want to see that you didn't quite get out of part one? Part part Hollow Knight one. Mm. The first Hollow Knight game that you played. I mean, I got a lot. I got a very interesting variety of, like, boss fights. They were all challenging. It it had so much style and charm. I don't know. It it was very quirky. So give me more of that, obviously. I, I would like to see... I, I think they got Chris, Christopher Larkin back to do the score. Cool. Give me cooler cool. scores and, and moments that kind of set the, the feel. Hey, Chris, I really, really liked what you did the first round, but just give me cooler. If you could give me cooler, you're good to go. Okay? I, wa- I want them to... Because I imagine Halonos is a dead city, like a dead underground city. Give me a city full of life. Give me like that sort of counterpoint to like what that game was. I saw some uh, jungle green kind of mm-hmm. kind of stuff going on. They said it's like a new kingdom that you visit. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I, that's the one thing. There was a lot of death in the first Hollow Knight. Yeah. And that's kind of like the beauty of it as well because it just was so detailed and rich. Mm-hmm. I just also would like to see the opposite maybe yeah. once in a while in my environments is all because everything was like everything was corpses <laughs> the whole game was corpses yeah it, it created a fucking crazy atmosphere that told a yeah. story of its own but like i don't know i mean you get more character interactions if half your cast isn't dead right right right, <laughs> right, right, right. i mean hey dark souls one corpses all, all the way mm-hmm. and then dark souls 2 was like hey man we're gonna take you to an island and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. like you know they kind of kind of brighten shit up all right all right that's all that's all i'm saying that's true you know what i'm saying i'm just saying i'm depressed enough that's it we're pretty depressed, guys. Pretty fucking This depressed. is our cry for help. This is it. Well, Kevin, Hollow Knight is so far away. <laughs> I wanted to know what happened in the news this week. Uh, you just ask your boy, Kevin, <laughs> from the Safe Room Show. You want to get into the top news, my dude? We got some top news. We got a lot to cover. It's not a fun one. I have a lot of opinions here, but it is definitely a shitty thing. And the biggest takeaway, takeaway before we get into it is that it is 
It is when a company values the dollar sign more than the people that got you that dollar. And I think it is fucked. So let us dive into it. I'm, of course, talking about on February 12, 2019, Activision Blizzard laid off nearly 800 employees. In what's been described internally as an open secret, Activision Blizzard began laying off 8% of the 9,600 employed by the publisher. 8% Eight percent of ninety six hundred. Uh huh. It is severe. Yeah. Okay. The layoffs affected. Well, in most on? cases, that's a whole studio closing down. Yes. Uh, if you look at Telltale, <laughs> that that was about uh, over two hundred and seventy people. Mm-hmm. This is eight hundred people. Now, granted, Activision Blizzard is a massive company, but that is a massive layoff. The the scope has surprised mm-hmm. even people that knew that it was coming. Okay. So. The layoffs affected staff on non-game development departments, it should be mentioned, such as teams that support publishing and the company's esports divisions. In a letter that was sent to employees and obtained by Kotaku, which, because, you know, <laughs> where there's nudes, there's Kotaku, man. They're like the Mothman of video game news. <laughs> and, I mean, if you've got Schreier behind it, he's yeah. doing his work. I mean to say, they're always there for, for video game disasters. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> so, Blizzard's president, J. Allen Brack, stated that, quote, staffing levels on some teams are out of proportion with our current release slate. This means we need to scale down some areas of our organization, end quote. The letter promised a comprehensive severance package, as well as job placement assistance and profit-sharing bonuses. Activision CEO Bobby Kotick wrote in a press release to investors, quote, and strap in for this fucker, while our financial results for 2018 were the best in our history, we didn't realize our full potential. To help us reach our full potential, We have made a number of important leadership changes. These changes should enable us to achieve the many opportunities our industry affords us, especially with our powerful, owned franchises, our strong commercial capabilities, our direct digital connections to hundreds of millions of players, and our extraordinarily talented employees, end quote. Now, um, this is one of those look over here kind of situations where it's like, oh, no, 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 don't worry about what's in this hand. Just look at the one that's dangling the keys. Mm-hmm. We're making this a good thing. We have strong franchises. We're going to realize your potential. And you are skimming over the fact that you are changing the lives of 800 people for the worse. People have to scramble out there. There is one guy that I saw on Twitter that uh, he can get deported within 60 days if he doesn't find uh, another place to be employed at. Wow. Yeah. Is that just like him not working in validates like his work visa probably? Something with that, and especially okay. with the Trump administration, that's much more fucked. Uh, okay. I've heard of, especially of a lot of people that do have green cards or, or such, they just still get stuck if they go traveling back to their home country just because. Wow. So this is the ripple effect. Well, it's, it's crazy because that's how they open their letter to the shareholders right they're like hey we're in the green we're doing great we're doing the best we ever have reporting record-breaking numbers but we didn't hit our fucking uh, goals so that means of course hmm where do we reduce cost people let's just cut the people out do you think the investors knew like ahead of time that like something like this was going to happen i'm sure they've had some sort of inside thing but whatever fuck the investors no it's about the decision making that occurred here Mm -hmm. you know regardless of whatever pressure you're getting from your idiot investors you're still fucking leadership yeah it's still your company have integrity and stand up for your employees and and do right by them i mean we've seen other people do that that's not what happened so we won't fucking quote this fuckhead again in this episode so you know you can you can ease up all right The next thing on here is that layoffs hit employees far and wide. Activision's main office in Santa Monica was affected. 
Jobs were lost at King, the studio that developed Candy Crush. People lost their jobs at Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios, which were two studios tasked with supporting Destiny 2 before Bungie pulled the property from Activision. Staffers located in Europe and Latin America were also let go. Jason Schreier's article, The Fallout of Activision Blizzard's Massive Layoffs, which of course you can find on Kotaku, and I do recommend that you read it all, <sighs> quotes one Blizzard employee as saying, quote, It's a bloodbath here. A lot more cuts than we were expecting, end quote. What a quote. Jason spoke to around 20 individuals that were either laid off or had inside knowledge. He wrote, quote, If there's a consensus, it's rage. Rage at Codex comments, at the way Activision executives seemingly view their employees as numbers on a spreadsheet, at the callousness in which this layoff was handled. Even those who felt layoffs were necessary or justifiable said they were shocked by the scale, scope, and coldness from the executives. End quote. That's what it feels. That's what actually happens. Mm -hmm. There are some people that are apparently at the company for fucking 15 years just gone. Mm. They told them that it wasn't performance-based, that essentially they pulled their fucking names out of a hat is the implication there. Which is even worse to think that like they didn't even come up with a good metric for how they were going to let people go. They're just like, we're just going to fire at random. Right. And they did it across all different types of staffs, at, at studios. At Blizzard, at Santa Monica, at their headquarters, everywhere. They basically availed it as what? Uh, Non-development type jobs? Right. So a lot of like in marketing departments and in publishing, pretty much logistics behind mm -hmm. getting the game into people's hands rather than people that actually uh, develop the game behind the scenes. Now, what happens here also is that they're saying that essentially they want to reduce costs and that cost apparently is the cost of people that they want to get rid of mm -hmm. in order to increase their profits and maximize their earnings. Okay, cool. What that does is that you put a lot of extra stress on the people that are left. Okay? Mm -hmm. I understand that in a lot of teams that were unaffected, that may not feel the same, but when it comes to getting these games out, hell yeah, you just got rid of a lot of publishing. In fact, from what a lot of people are saying is that they, they basically cut the esports scene at the fucking throat almost. They recently announced that they were canceling Heroes of the Storm from the esports right. scene, which is like, that's a huge game in the Blizzard community. Yeah, I wonder if that was the first flag. You know, but again, I think so. a lot of people internally were saying like, hey, this was happening. We just didn't know when it was going to happen mm -hmm. and we weren't hearing anything. And then they were told uh, on, on Tuesday, last Tuesday, between 1 p.m. and 3 p.m., they had a bunch of group meetings and just let people know. Apparently, they put it on everyone's calendar and it was just a blank invite, which oh, wow, everyone knows what that is. It's fucked because these people are who you owe the end product to, the, the sales that you got, the things that are pleasing the investors. You owe it all to these people. There's a lot of legwork that goes into development, whether it's marketing, advertising, shipping, doing any of the stuff that they're doing. They, they made this product happen in a way that you couldn't have done by yourselves. Mm -hmm. The machine needs every part. Yeah. So I, I want to end on this. Just a little, you know, this is what's being said. The grassroots labor organization Game Workers Unite did not mince words when tweeting about the firings. And here's their quote. Upending 800 workers' lives while raking in millions in bonuses for you and your C-suite buddies isn't leadership. It's theft. We, the workers of Activision, and their friends have had enough. Join us in saying that it's time to hashtag fire Bobby Kotick. End quote. Now, Game Workers Unite also stated that if you were to divvy up Kotick's annual pay of 30 million dollars it could pay full salaries for all 800 impacted workers whoa interesting this man's making 30 million and then there's another executive that got a 15 million signing bonus for getting on uh, on board and the first thing that you did when you didn't meet your goals 
which by the way, even though you made record profits or record, broke records essentially mm. in 2018, you said, right, we're going to cut people. <laughs> you couldn't have taken that on the chin. You couldn't have like maybe skimmed a million dollars off. You couldn't have taken less of a bonus. Did you have to sign that one guy on for that much? Like how important or integral are they going to be to this company? What are they really bringing to the table? So we have other examples. Apparently, uh, I remember overhearing somebody talking about Ubisoft that they really don't lay off people. Mm-hmm. I, I I think they've had layoffs in the past, but what they do instead is they just reallocate teams. Even if they shut down a team, they just go, hey, you're going to go work for our other 15 million fucking teams that we have all over the world. Which is what they should have fucking done because like EA, Activision, they're worldwide. They have studios in places everywhere you want to take care of the people that that made you that money do better for them right and <laughs> i think you had a there's a quote going around from iwata essentially or, or something that you did yeah right? it got it got retweeted um it's it's from um greg seward at seward he says in 2011 satura iwata took a pay cut to the tune of three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and the board took 20 to 30 percent cuts so that they didn't have to lay people off at nintendo in 2017 bobby kodak reportedly earned somewhere around 30 million here reported record earnings for activision in 2018 cut 800 jobs so like just that juxtaposition there of how much iwata valued the people he had and what he had to do to keep them on versus what Kodak did. It's like, it's deplorable. Yeah. He said his belief was that uh, people can't make quality games if they're afraid of losing their jobs. Very simple statement. Very fucking true. You know? And, and then to me also to see a company like Activision Blizzard is capable of doing this, uh, cutting people in such a cold way, in such mm-hmm. a massive way, in such a high profile way. Why would anybody want to fucking go there? Why would anybody want to work there? What, you have just made your company far less attractive in this mm-hmm. industry. It, it was like with the Telltale thing where they were trying <laughs> to keep behind like that ghost team of people to finish up like the last yeah. season of The Walking Dead mm-hmm. and they were inviting people. It's like, who would want to stick around to know that they were just going to get the axe anyway? It's like, it creates such a hostile, unhealthy unstable work environment to know that like you're in peril that you're going to lose your job anyway that like it doesn't mean anything in the end because they don't want you there right because a number is not ticking one way or another in their mind and the best way to make it move is to get rid of you that that's how it is and so i need to remind people is that a corporation doesn't love you a corporation's not going to take care of you you will take care of you. And you got to look out for your best interests. Do not waste away giving your heart and soul to a place that's going to do something like this. We talked about it with Telltale. You know, people are shocked. People are upended. People have to get job opportunities that may take them totally away from their the state that they've been living with years. What if they had a family? What if uh, what if you have to uproot your kids that have all their inner social circles? I think Patrick Klepek was making that. Mm-hmm. And then he ended his quote with, eat the rich. <laughs> I love that. I love the way that people have been like retweeting and posting about this. They're like, honestly, mm-hmm. just fuck, fuck EA, fuck Bobby Kotak. Like, this is fucked up. Yeah. I, I like seeing the solidarity there where like, you're not getting that same sort of compassion from the people who should be giving that compassion to you. <laughs> it, it's it's a really rocky fucking thing, man. And I, and I get it from like, well, <laughs> I don't get any of it, but I get in certain aspects like, you know, a company who is known for analyzing their franchises. When mm-hmm. they acquired Blizzard, they look at them and go like, well, these guys make a game like every four or five years. Mm-hmm. That's not going to jive with us. And apparently that was becoming unhealthy or unsustainable in their mm-hmm. minds. I think uh, Jason Schreier pointed out in his article. And I understand that, but it's like you make changes. You pivot around different things. Mm-hmm. They started cutting people. They started putting this financial fear on people, like their own anxiety for their finances not being pretty perfect mm-hmm. uh decided to come down to this this sucks 
This absolutely sucks. It's terrible. It, it sucks too because a lot of these properties, they pull in a fan base, they pull in money. Like Overwatch is a very successful game. And like through probably EA's pushing of the loot boxes and all that, they're making like, you know, <clears throat> income on top of base game pay. Although I've heard Overwatch is, bla- is sorry, it's a uh, flat. Like it is, it hasn't been growing is what's been noticed. Uh, sure. Recently. I think it's probably because over time, like there's been less like substantial support for it. Like we get the mm-hmm. annual events that come back in, we get like new characters and all that, but like, it's not enough to like really create a boom in playership. Yeah. And I guess onboarding at this part point when you've already had so many million players like jump on, it's like, how do you bring them on? Do you right. put in a battle royale mode? Like, what do you do to like make Overwatch attractive to new people or keep people who have gone on to something new? Right, right, and that's kind of and what's what's interesting is that that's kind of the antithesis antithesis of what Activision's business model is. Mm-hmm. They like Call of Duty. They haven't skipped a Call of Duty in fucking over a decade at this mm-hmm. point. And then they have to look at these service level games, and it seems like they just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. They understand the the kind of hype that comes about with sequels and dropping a part two, and then mm-hmm. these service level games are like, no, it's got to be support over time. And they're like, no, wait, what? <laughs> no. So it's like they look at Overwatch and Destiny, and of course they're they're having friction with it. They're like, oh, oh we don't get this. Mm-hmm. We don't get this. You're not making games. You're not releasing games all the time. Uh, what? <laughs> what, is, what is it doing? Yeah. Like, it's just Activision doesn't get that Blizzard does long-term franchises. There's a reason why it took so long to get from Diablo 2 to Diablo 3. The reason why we had such longevity with Warcraft. The reason why it took so long for Overwatch to come out. They just put time into their products in a way that's like, it's not... I guess friendly to investors, but it's no. That's it, and that's entirely it. It definitely honors like their fan bases and players. Although some people can disagree, you know, people have said some shit about Blizzard um, from the player side, but yeah, but and I feel like well, that's not Activision. Yes, and that that was why it was always so interesting that they got in the bed with each other, mm-hmm. changed their goddamn name together. Mm-hmm. You know, they joined this marriage when they're completely opposite sides. Blizzard believing in quality and taking time on releases, mm-hmm. and then Activision being fucking just bleed it, bleed it dry, bleed this fucking pig in front of the kids until they stop laughing. <laughs> That's what they do with franchises. We saw it with Tony Hawk. There's a fucking Tony Hawk every five minutes. Mm-hmm. The Guitario they burned out. So it, it it's like they bleed things dry until it don't work because it's mm-hmm. like they they believe like if it ain't broke, <laughs> you know, and. The, it sucks and then they're like oh well we need to enforce our mentality and the whole company it does suck especially because like you look at what bungie said in the face of what activision said about them how they're not meeting record sales expectations how activision isn't happy whereas bungie is and it's like you see this sort of juxtaposing narrative overwatch is successful here is the storm is success- successful all these games like they're successful and i'm sure the teams that worked on them feel proud of the work that they put out and really like those numbers that come in that like show that they're doing well or having a good year, they're like, yeah, we fucking did it. And that's awesome. I don't, I just don't understand. Like, obviously it makes sense. The rich want to keep being rich. You know, they want more money. That's all they're fucking motivated mm-hmm. by. But it just sucks that there's a, a contrast where like one team's happy, the other's not. And then this is the sort of end result of it. <laughs> yeah. When a company's massive like that, yeah, shit like that happens, but yeah, it doesn't happen like this. And it seems like a thing that didn't need to happen, you know? It was just like, that's our solution. That's was, how we get our profits up. It was one of the worst rumors that we could ever see come true. Yeah. Because they were speculating about it in the days leading up to it. And then it happened that Monday and it's like, oh, wow. And it's it sets such a poor example for the industry 
on average Mm -hmm. where you know we have people trying to growing up that want to be in game design want to make games and they see this shit they see how volatile it is they hear things that like one out of four video game developers actually recommend coming into the industry you know we we we're hearing conversations about unions and like you know people arguing about like oh well the union wouldn't stop layoffs but yeah but it would have protected them Mm -hmm. it would have given them options it would have given them more options than just the hand that feed ripping away food from their mouths and then we're seeing like people come from big studios and then push off and start their own indie Kickstarter stuff because they know how violent and unsupportive that sort of right. publisher developer lifestyle can be. And they want to, they want to do their own shit. Yeah. And, and then the thing about it, smaller projects and indie games, I also want to make is that that's a volatile market too. Of course. Like one out of, out of a thousand fucking games that is made on an independent scale, actually see the light of day or mm-hmm. do anything. That is not a guarantee to just be like, you know what? Let's do it ourselves. No, 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 no. It's got to be hard, too, especially because, like, on a platform like Steam, like, the volume of independent games that get put out, like, it's just a wash. Like, how can you distinguish one thing from another? Right. I, I do like that Nintendo kind of has a showcase for it, like, the Nindy showcase and, like, the things that they've been doing with all those titles. But after a while, it's like, well, they do are doing the model of, like, 20 to 30 games a week. And after a while, like, those indie, like, creators who need that sort of showcase aren't going to get it in the way that they could. Yeah, there's no way that every game that you see on that marketplace is going to succeed. That's yeah. the truth of it. And so there's like, there's no safety or attractive prospect about this industry mm-hmm. beyond that. Like you have to be crazy passionate about it until you get burnt out. You churn them and burn them is what happens. I need to stop happening. I think it's just totally disgusting that companies like this will push their, their creators to the bone. I mean, it goes back to the conversation about crunch and the way that they value the end product over people's well being, And it's just like, is annualizing a product and making like money year in year out really worth it to be burning out your teams to like make it because you make their days longer you make their days harder they're not going to come into the workplace and get, be able to give 100 percent every time because they don't have it in them mm-hmm. and then you're just like well you're not performing so you're gonna go well not even that we're just gonna randomly choose people exactly it was not even performance at this point it was just like okay fuck it no we see practices like <sighs> hey well we we short up on hiring Right before a game, we got everybody crunching. We got people dropping mm-hmm. divorce horses left and right in this game. It's fantastic. And then once it ships, all right, guys, bye 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 bye. There's no safety in that. There's nothing. I mean, it it's sucks horrible. too because in in some cases, in this case, um, the people that were actually employed they have severance package. The contract workers don't get shit. Nope. Like so, their health benefits, all that stuff, just cease to be discontinued. Yeah, yeah uh, this is better than what we saw with Telltale. We've sure. definitely seen instances where it doesn't matter how long you were with the company, you will lose it all at the in an instant. Yeah. and it's it's all bad. Granted, I'm not going to say one's better than the other, but like, no, it's all a shit salad. My my heart goes out to all these people affected because it's a horrible situation in the end, and I, I do hope that all these people can bounce back, find work. Much in the same way that there was a hashtag Telltale Games, I hope there is sort of a a, a grouping of people helping these people bounce back and recover from what happened the thing is we we may see some brilliant minds just exit that industry completely Mm -hmm. because they this is the last straw for them you know some of the people that were affected have already been through layoffs they've already been through shit like this with other studios and they have to do it all over again these people are going to move on to other industries and make them better Mm -hmm. and fucking leave behind gaming to be the shit show that it is it is so unfortunate that our industry leaders have the worst practices that have the worst mentality, that have the worst fucking soul-devouring business models. Well, they're not industry leaders at that point, then. They're just money-grubbing billionaires and millionaires. Yeah, you, you, We're don't, not seeing that, you like, don't exhibit leadership qualities at that point. I mean, we see people like like Reggie. I feel like Reggie is a man of character. You know, <laughs> Reggie, if he's a man, I think he probably tries to do well by Nintendo's 
Nintendo's values. I'm sure he is a businessman at the end of the day. But he has a lot of skeletons in his closet. He does. <laughs> <laughs> and I do mean actual skeletons, not like secrets or anything. He just has a bunch of skeletons in there. It's really weird. Yeah, it's not an Undertale reference. It's just, it's bad. They are so polished. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm in the same boat, man. I I just, I would want to see a big change and whether that means unions, whether that means we have to eat the rich Mm -hmm. head to toe. Fuck them, eat them all. (laughs) You know, whether, I don't know what it is. I I think it does bring back an important conversation about people being able to unionize and get benefits and, and safety for themselves because like, in a volatile work environment like this, granted, it's like still a ring of the entertainment industry, but you have extensions of it like in Hollywood and in film and in music. Why can't these people be granted the same sort of safety amenities? Exactly. Because <laughs> like people are like, well, unions aren't going to solve how shitty the industry is. And it doesn't mean you don't do it. It's yeah. a safety net because when you do fall, and we're not saying that it's preventing people from falling, they at least fall onto something instead mm-hmm. of nothing. Instead of the same fucking cycle that eats itself. Jim Sterling pointed out something that just is so... It's cynical, but it cuts because it's true. And that's why I love Jim. When is he never cynical? I love him. Jim said that it's funny that, you know, it's, it's great that I'm seeing a lot of companies, you know, do the outreach on Twitter and stuff and say, like, you know, we're hiring to all those affected by Activision Blizzard. Come on board with us. Come, come. I, I forget which companies in specific. I know you, Ubisoft and a few others were like, yeah, come on over to mm-hmm. us. Yeah, Ubisoft was the big one because they're like, we don't fire our employees. Right. Well, that that's the thing, though. These other companies do. I mean, they do, yeah. All companies fire people. Of course. It's... So, but it's, the cycle is that they're going to these other companies that, oh, they're going to have a round of layoffs eventually, too, probably, mm-hmm. because, you know, they're one dud away from doing that. And it's just a cycle that perpetuates. Have you remembered a, a time in recent like industry history where the layoffs have been this bad? No. Maybe no. I mean I haven't always been tuned into like the Twitter. Telltale Telltale is like the worst for for me. Okay. That I and then fucking this is like whoa. Yeah. <laughs> this is bigger. It's crazy because we have a, a friend that works for the company. And we were worried for their job safety, and it's just like granted they you know they kept their job and everything, but still like they had ripple effects where they had friends who you know lost their jobs, and it, it was a really hard work week for them, even having to be the one to remain behind, and it just uh, it just cast such a, a bad shadow. Mm-hmm. on everything mm-hmm. yeah i remember in jason Schreier's article they were talking about uh well a lot of people that were worried about their jobs are still here but honestly i don't think anyone's gonna get much work done this week yeah, morale's probably abysmally low oh fuck can you imagine like what the fuck what is that like mm-hmm. seeing your friends walk out crying in the parking lot and you expect people to be like all right team we're gonna have a profitable 2019 yeah. and get fucked bobby kotek get fucked <laughs> how how dare you first of all mm-hmm. but yeah that's what it is Ah, any other thoughts on that, friend? No, I mean, it's it's always... You gonna buy Call of Duty this year? <laughs> it sucks, because we see these studios exhibit certain practices. We heard about the whole Red Dead Redemption 2 thing and the, the, the crunch conversation. Like, we still bought went out and bought, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. It, you can hope that it'll inform um, consumer habits. Maybe we'll make better choices moving forward. The thing is, like, these franchises are still going to sell. And that's the unfortunate part. Like, people are still going to buy Call of Duty every year. Mm-hmm. That there's a weird cor- disjunct correlation here where it's like, well, you let all these people go, but your game franchises are still going to be better than ever. And that's why, <laughs> and that's the funny part. And like, I'm not putting any blame on the consumers and mm-hmm. not, not coming at you about that, taking a moral stance. But it is funny. The reason that they continue to do their shit is because, well, they feel immune. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, look, this still sold. <laughs> or imagine, what if they have actually a great 2019 too? They'll be like, hey, look, we did the right thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and then they met- justify it. Our metric for that 
is just dollars. Mm-hmm. You value dollars over people. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck how much you make. Corporations won't take care of you. Mm-hmm. We got to be mindful of that. And we shouldn't bend over backwards for companies anymore. Okay. That's yeah, what it is. I, I think that's it. But we say it all. like we said before, um, our hearts go out to everybody affected. We really, really do help you can find creative life somewhere else or, you know, bounce back in a way that um, doesn't set you back hard. <laughs> Daniel, do you want to talk about an industry leader that doesn't make you want to vomit into your cereal? I mean, sometimes he does. <laughs> 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 it's fucking reggie skeletons that's Sometimes what does he it. makes me a little <laughs> <laughs> we had a nintendo direct buddy let's talk about the future of games handheld hybrid whatever switch games but and for once we're not talking about the 3ds which is pretty wild for a nintendo direct well i mean i'm sorry kids mm-hmm. the 3ds is dead Long live the 3DS. Oh, no, no, no. You can't say it. It's not walking the line of the Vita. They're still going to support it in ways here and there. Games are still coming out for it. I but... said, <laughs> the 3DS is dead. You have to chuck it now. It's all about that Switch. Now that you've said that, I'm going to come home and Reggie's going to be beating you with a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, he takes the skeleton. <laughs> because he worships the skeleton. I'm going to come home, you're going to look like the, the girl from the Truth ad. Just like no body, just deflated. Like, what happened to your body, dude? I'm still alive, just <laughs> fit, fucking playing the Switch. <laughs> Reggie took it all. <laughs> he one-two-switched me. So we got our first yeah. Nintendo Direct since, what, since E3? I don't know. It's been a while. No, no. Since um, we've had like twenty Smash Directs. That's true. Okay, those yeah. are all directs. Yeah. Okay. I guess our first big one though since the fall. Since the fall. Yeah. It was easier to say the first Nintendo Direct of 2019. Who gives a fuck about last year? That's a shit. That shit fire's done, mm-hmm. buddy. 2019 came and man, did they give it to you. This is the best direct that I've ever. Um, no, nah, I, I can't really finish that. That's it, what it people have been saying. It was fine. Like, it it was is cool. the best Nintendo Direct to ever happen. And I was like, you had some cool moments, <laughs> but like, cool. there have been bigger reveals and cooler moments for me specifically. Honestly, it was really just the format that was really good, which was like, hey, we're just going to really get into it. Here's the fucking game. Mm-hmm. Here's actual trailers with gameplay. And here we spotlight a few features if we feel it's necessary. And then we've moved the fuck on. If they can be great. commended on anything that they've been doing this generation, like their directs are the coolest way to convey information over press conference is yep. and like live tech demos like the way they do it is like like you said there might be like a quick trailer video then there's gameplay it's like 30 mm-hmm. minutes to an hour maybe and then you get treehouse like demos of people like real life playing games whether it's like showing off new characters in smash or like pokemon let's go and it's just, it's so cool the way they like extend past that because like they can just drop trailers and be like that was it but like the, they- bre- the brevity is key daniel mm-hmm. they respect my time 30 minutes to give me fucking like 25 announcements and then i can go back to staring at a fucking wall and wondering what it's all about thank you reggie thank you thank, thank you for giving me directs like bullet trains basically <laughs> <laughs> they ran a fucking nintendo train on us basically. buddy i love it so, um so you want to work through some shit here i do well at the top um d- yeah was this an exciting one for you uh it was fine okay i, th- I think there was a few surprises that i was like oh shit i didn't know i'd be into that like astral chain look fucking amazing mm-hmm. um and then of course we'll, we'll get to we're gonna actual... get to the big one yeah yeah we'll get to the big one but yeah, yeah i think it was cool and mm-hmm. i think there was things in there that of course didn't land with me whatsoever but i n- none of it made me mad none of it made me go like what the fuck or i was just like oh, okay i'm not into yeah. jrpgs but i'm so glad that nintendo's taking care of those fans that's true you know like and, right and i'm gonna say there wasn't an animal crossing trailer or anything oh. of the sort and people were like people were losing their minds and having a crisis over it but like i think i was okay with it 
Why are you okay with it? Daniel? I don't know, man. I just don't care enough. And I know what? that's, that's a you... very egregious statement. But every time they don't say anything about Animal Crossing during a direct, I get more powerful. <laughs> and I feel okay for it. <laughs> like, and, like, I get that it's beloved. I have friends oh, who no. love those games. And I, I want them to be happy. But, like... You are... I've said some fucking hot takes mm. on this stupid podcast that nobody listens to. Mm-hmm. But, like, you are on the edge, buddy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What does this Animal Crossing hate? You don't like You don't like Tom Nook? You, you don't like fishing? Well, what's going on I here? think it's not hate. It's just indifference, really. Indifference. Like, like, that's Sometimes all a stronger feeling. And it's funny, too, because we talked about it uh, one night when we were streaming. Yeah. I think Apex Legends, actually. And we're like, yeah, we're going to get an Animal Crossing. And we were like, yeah, kind of. We, we were playing around with the idea of it. I, I guess. I mean, mm. maybe. I don't know. I've never played one, so I don't, I don't know what would really... It's like a chill game, right? I'm not, it, a, I'm not a chill dude. I need something to stimulate my anxiety. No, I mean, you I, need no way, no way Out mode on a expert difficulty I'm fucking expert every single zombie is made of gas no yeah, backpacks no backpack mode yeah 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 that's that's kind of where i'm at sometimes it's the mm-hmm. only thing that uh stokes flames but yeah okay do you hate animal crossing gotcha <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing that they pretty much showed off was super mario maker 2 which everyone's very happy that it's not a port mm-hmm. it's an actual sequel looks like they might have some multiplayer in there because yeah. they're they got Luigi on the cover, my boy. Yep. Yeah. Going to be oh. some multiplayer action. They're going to have different level design components. I think like different slopes and platforming things that weren't present in the first one. And that's cool. You into this? You going to make a Mario? I We talked about it before. I'm not really big on like character or level creating games. I think yeah. they're really, really cool. And they definitely like, they speak to like the wannabe game designer in me. Like, cause I have yeah. these crazy ideas of things. But like when I get my hands on like the the UI and the software, it feels dumb in my hands. Right, like every time right. I tried to make levels in a <clears throat> little big planet, I feel like they were just bad. And I found myself more over wanting to play people's levels than making my own. Cause it's just like, I, I can't make it work the way I want it to. Nah, I feel, I, I'm almost in the same boat. They mm-hmm. don't resonate with, with me in the same way, but I'd still think it's cool and they should be out there. Yeah. Cause like, imagine some little kid like picking this up for the switch and they become like, you know, this bomb ass game designer making future side scrolling inspired games. I mean, we see some crazy shit in these, um, these game designer kits, essentially like the sort of stuff we've seen come out of like RPG maker. Mm. Um, and even the, some of the stuff that people are making in dreams where it's like, they're legit, like one for one, like recreations of uh like what pt PT, silent hills um there was another one too that was pretty crazy too a dead space somebody dead recreated space. dead space and oh it God. was like what how how do you do that i can barely make a platform you do that, that on a dual shock that doesn't seem feasible <laughs> it's, it's a little wild i need to see what that game's about i think from a 2d mario perspective though sure it's gonna That's be a, cool. a lot of fun well right on are you gonna pick it up I don't, I don't know maybe i'm not i mean i always like uh nintendo's kind of pivot back and forth between here's a 3d mario here's a 2d one and they they balance that really well i just i never got into the first mario maker because i didn't have a wii u and i don't know i mean uh, unless i like see it i'm like oh that's that platforming shit i need then i'll get into it you didn't have a wii u i did not have a wii u and that's the reason why reggie started collecting skeletons in his closet i don't think it was that see, the rage <laughs> i think it was the n64 controller he was so enraged by it that's no, how he murders <laughs> <laughs> all right we got super doesn't say super no super smash brothers ultimate 3.0 update i didn't really pay attention to what they're updating what, what are they doing can you uh, trip people uh, yeah i guess so there's more like <laughs> trips and evasions and stuff like that no there's no trips in this game. i mean big people thing get is, mad if you say the trips came back yeah you get so mad big thing is joker's coming before the end of april okay. which is neat everybody's super hyped on that i think i'm still pretty into that idea you, you still didn't play persona yet huh i have not played persona oh, okay. i don't know that i have 100 to 200 hours to give like that just well, now but you know maybe well. 
And then we got new amiibos coming, Pokemon Trainer, Squirtle, Ivasaur, Solid Snake, and Simon Belmont. Hot damn. Oh, you know, Simon Belmont, that's notable because it's not Richter who I want. Hmm. Would you get it anyway? You're not no. an amiibo collector. Oh, I would get Richter. Okay. Nah, no, wait, wait, wait. I, I can't pop that one. Nah. I feel like the only amiibos you would ever jump for are like Resident Evil amiibos. If they did Resident Evil amiibos, fuck yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> the house would be littered with like little Claire's. Like an army of Leons and Claire's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is cool. I mean, you can't expect a direct to happen without any Smash talk, especially for how successful that game's been since its December launch. I haven't touched it since December. I haven't either. I don't have any friends, so. I mean, they just came out with the free Piranha <laughs> Plant character, too. That... I fucking missed out on getting him, yeah. and I, I, I was I was in the threshold for it. Mm. Nah, I didn't get it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you're, so you're not going to jump for the season pass, then? No, nah, who gives a fuck? Mm. Unless they put Master Chief in the game. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't care about Master Chief in a suit that jerks them off. I They're want him in the game, Daniel. The game, Master Chief is my boy. He's the only video game man that's ever taken care of me. I need him. I need him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking buy two season passes. Reggie, please. Master I, Chief. I gotta wait, my dude. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta see the full season pass and see if it's really worth it. Okay, they showed off Box Boy Plus, Box Girl, coming out April 26th. Uh, apparently, Box Boy is a part of a franchise mm-hmm. that came out in the 3DS, which is dead. Okay. <laughs> the 3DS is dead, Daniel. So Box Boy, Box Girl, is it like a... Are they using Nintendo Labo? Or are they tying that in at all? I honestly, I fucking tuned the fuck out. I think I, I don't was, remember that one. I was thinking of this one time that I got embarrassed in third grade by my math teacher when I couldn't uh, figure out three times 15 because I wasn't 45. paying attention. Yeah. 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 What was her name? Uh, Ooh. Oh no. Yeah. That trauma has gone. <laughs> He's overcoming. <laughs> anyway, box boy, box girl, whatever the fuck. Uh, <coughs> next thing on here, Captain Toad treasure tracker DLC is coming. Uh, it's going to include a free new co-op mode and then the other part of the dlc is not free i was kind of confused about it would i like the captain toad <laughs> i don't know actually would i want the captain toad i mean i feel like you would moreover like super mario odyssey first super mario, super mario odyssey super mario. since you never got that one i don't know i don't think you would dig on this one can you do same. multiple saves can i just borrow yours i don't want to buy it i'm still still not sure about that you're still not sure about that can yeah. i just wipe your saves <laughs> wipe all my switch data <laughs> Listen, it's hard enough to wrap my head around the storage data and all that stuff in the first place. But this is cool. Captain Toad, people seem to really dig on it. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, we need more reasons for couch co-op. So thank you, Nintendo, keeping that alive. Uh, Overcooked 2 came out and y'all fucking slept (laughs) on it like Draculas in your coffins. Fuck. uh next thing on here marvel ultimate alliance 3 the black order got some uh, gameplay footage we got some character reveals i think the defenders are gonna be in there and then captain marvel showed up with her bomb ass haircut it was awesome fucking flaming mohawk she looks cool oh she looks so fucking cool i think this game is great however i want to discuss something with you sure why mm-hmm. when people see this game they want to uh disparage it and fucking say it looks like a phone game. Oh, it looks derailed. What did you... It's a beat-em-up, dog. Wasn't it is a the, beat-em-up. Wasn't the whole dissertation on, like, kind of funny this week when they're talking about it? Yeah, it just looks like a mobile game. And I'm just like, you motherfuckers. This... We have not had one of these games for a decade. A decade. Since 2009. It wasn't this God of War experience back in 2009, <laughs> man. It was a fucking isometric beat-em-up. Mm-hmm. They have to compensate for the fact that there's, like, 35 characters. And there's four people co-op on the screen beating up all sorts of fools what, what do you want there's a lot going on there what people, do you want? people don't get on fucking blizzard for how diablo looks you know 
Uh, well, <laughs> that's not true, but yeah, yeah, I feel <laughs> if you're, I feel your sentiment. I mean, okay, so you were talking about that. I'm like, yeah, it's not the the, the most visually impressive Marvel game we've seen in recent years, it's and it definitely has the look of like the design of like some some match threes. What the, the fuck? Way some of those character models. What look. the fuck? But it's Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, my dog. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be fucking match three game. It's gonna be good. I said the art style looked like it. I didn't say it was. Daniel the same. said Marvel Ultimate Alliance. <laughs> 3 looks like a match 3 game more like marvel ultimate alliance match fuck yourself <laughs> we actually got a release like window for it this time oh did we yeah i think it's coming out in the summer i don't actually i didn't check if they put a date on yeah, it yeah so they did be, awesome it's supposed to be summer 2019 so that's hype it should come out the day avengers endgame comes out oh my god could you imagine day like they're day. like yeah it'll come out summer 2019 and then you just fucking just shadow drop it yo dude we could be sitting on the pre-show fucking playing some mua3 and watching the strange man and, and his friend's aunt person and all the rest i'd be cool with that and said they're probably going to use it to hype up spider-man far from home which uh, is also fine that's fine yeah. that's fine the next thing on here apparently bloodstained ritual of the night is releasing in the summer 2019 uh this game was announced in 1993 and now we're finally getting it <laughs> they canceled for every platform in existence up until now <laughs> But we're getting it, Daniel. It's happening. It's this, coming out for this Switch. This poor Kickstarter game that's forever yeah. in purgatory. This game looks great, dude. It looks great. I want it. I mm. want it so bad, and I really hope it's not disappointing. I hope we don't get a Mighty Number no. 9 situation. I, in fact, I think that's why it's taken 400 years for it to come out. Because they don't want that to they happen. They want to avoid a Mighty yeah. Number no. 9. I think... Yes. Um, Jared Petty is like one of the few people I know who actually backed the game, and he said that the backer uh, built that they got to, to play around with is really phenomenal so yeah. far. Yeah, yeah, there's a, I think a couple of years back, a demo that went around too. It was mm-hmm. fucking great. A demo at a show. Mm-hmm. They won't let us plebs touch it. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'm hyped for this. The style looks really cool, and I will always yeah. be down for Metroidvanias. I need yeah. something to hold me over till Silk Song comes out. So. That's true. That's true. You need to get your fix. Um, I have never engaged in this franchise, but apparently we're getting a Dragon Quest Builders 2 coming out for, uh, for the Switch and Xbox One. Didn't you play the first one? No, I played, uh, what is it, Dragon Quest Warriors or whatever whatever Misu version of, of the series was. Oh, okay. I thought you had played the first one. Okay. No, I, I definitely just played the fucking Dynasty Warriors Dragon okay. Quest game. Well, that sounds cooler. <laughs> it is cooler. Anyway, but Builders, I heard good things about whatever. I don't know much. But the this interesting thing. Actually pretty cool. Yeah. Dragon Quest Eleven S hang on, you're in for a ride. Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition. Holy shit. God damn. How many like we're gonna get a fucking game that's a sentence one day. Like <laughs> 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 just a straight up sentence. So this anyway. game is already out, um, like the standard edition for it, but this is like the exclusive mm-hmm. definitive edition that's coming to the Switch. Yeah, and I was looking at some footage and it was like I've never really paid attention to Dragon quest despite the fact that it, it's older than time itself mm-hmm. uh but this looked cool you're like apparently you can ride horseback in the open world and shit mm-hmm. and this and that and i was like all right it's confusing but i i might be into it actually maybe. everything they showed me i was like this might be the point i get back into dragon quest because like i played dragon quest 8 way back in the Whoa. day and i do i like the art style it's it's weird it seems like this weird mishmash of ideas but it it's not to be confused for charm because it definitely has a lot of charm to it too. Um, and I've always just kind of liked the sort of JRPG leanings it has. And this looks cool. You know, it looks like a modern dragon age. Yeah. Dragon age, huh? Yeah. 
Dragon that age? Oh, fuck. It looks like a modern Dragon Quest. Dragon that age. (laughs) Uh, This one looks cool. Damon X Mahina. Uh, A demo is out now. Uh, Apparently it's still coming out in 2019 sometime, but it's like, it looks like Zone of the Enders, but colorful. Hmm. (laughs) So check that out. I don't know much about it. Anyway, Rune Factory. Have you ever fucking played a Rune Factory? Nope. I'm so sorry, Save Roommates. Like, I know this is hype. I for know, you guys, but I've never played this. People have gone, been going on about Rune Factory forever, and mm-hmm. I just never engage with it. This is why this direct has just been kind of like, oh wow, it's, it's super hype for every announcement, but literally, it's like hitting niche fandoms left and mm-hmm. right, and I'm like, it's missing me every single time. Yeah. I'm just like, nope, not for me. <laughs> like, nope. This was a, a big, big hype moment for people. Yeah, because part four is coming out this year, and then they are uh, they announced that they're developing a full on part five uh, that's coming out for Switch. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad for y'all. I don't know what it is <laughs> at all. I know what this is, and I don't want it. Disney Zoom 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 Zooms. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> they're an abomination on stuffed animals, and I can't imagine it's going to translate to a, a good game. Yeah, what is the concept of this game? They're <sighs> okay. So the concept of a Zoom Zoom is it's basically like rotund squished versions of your favorite disney characters whether it's winnie the pooh or oh. eeyore or little mermaid right. or fucking mickey mouse and they took these little squish plushies and they decided hey we're gonna make a full game about them we're gonna give these characters mini games we're gonna do all this crazy wild shit in this and it's it seems like more of like a just a fun game for kids if i, any, I if mean anything. hey man not surprised that's what nintendo does cool 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 mm. we're gonna move on and stop talking about it immediately okay so the next thing on here is a square enix fucking rpg called oninaka it is from the creators of i am setsuna which means it's probably gonna be like 50 bucks for 10 years probably the game is still like 50 bucks <laughs> in the like fucking, nintendo eShop. <laughs> like what the fuck is happening is it that hard to port these games anyway so my thing is like this game looks really cool it looks very yeah. stylish um and that's the, always been the thing about i Setsuna, uh, which is it's been praised as like very great on the gameplay, very beautiful in the visual style and sound design. I heard it was like a, a very direct return to classic or JRPG style, mm-hmm. kind of like Final Fantasy three four style. Fuck shit. yeah, yeah, okay. Ratitude. I've I have fallen out of favor with the turn based combat. You know that. Yeah. So I have been ostracized from the gamers. They, they ran me out of town. I mean, you, you've you never been too big into that stuff. <laughs> they ran me out of town. This one cracks me up. The next one on here is, this is something that you wished for on a previous episode. I did. Not, it was totally a joke. And now you fucking got it. <laughs> Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. It's coming out for the Switch, buddy. Now you got to go buy it. <laughs> now Fuck. you got to get it. Okay, so I bought this game on the PS3 like well after it came out with the hopes of, yeah. of playing it one day because I love that setting, Colonial America. Fuck yeah, it seemed like a really great time. But I, just, I never got around to playing it. And I know player feed feedback and fan feedback has been all over the place about this game yes <laughs> that is correct it is probably one of the weaker outings it's got a very mixed reaction uh some of the gameplay is just kind of whatever but some of the stories inspired but then the rest of the story is not it, it, it's just all over the place but for some reason we're getting it back baby boy we're getting it's coming out may 21st for that but i think it's uh for the switch i mean to say but it's coming out uh march 29th okay remastered for ps4 and xbox one it also comes with assassin's creed liberation which i find to be a very interesting game uh notably it has the first female protagonist in the franchise Mm. uh and then it also takes place in louisiana which is kind of neat oh uh yeah during the uh the french indian war i think it was okay i could be totally wrong about that (laughs) think about it 
Do you remember the French Indian War? I believe was like in the late seventeen hundreds, early eighteen hundreds. Yeah, that's okay. this one then. Okay. <laughs> there you go. And it also comes with the um, the kind of what if history, alt history scenario mm-hmm. called the tyranny of King Washington. Ooh, yeah. So my thing with this is Nintendo in the past has handled their Ubisoft ports like garbage. Correct. <laughs> like all the ports of like Assassin's Creed to the Wii and Wii U. Nobody played those. Yeah. Fucking Black Flag on the Wii U. Like what? No. Yeah. It was like the worst version of that game. No. Okay. So, I mean, if they can do a port that walks the same line that the versions for PS4 and Xbox One do awesome then you'll have a game that's actually like a cool imprint of what it should be yeah and yeah exactly impressive uh, next thing this is going to be sorry if this is going to sound kind of familiar to you but i don't care because it's a jrpg um fire emblem three houses is coming out apparently got delayed into july 26 i know a lot of people are big big mm-hmm. uh fire emblem fans we actually had a friend of the show sterling from uh game savvy uh, I actually recorded an episode with him where we talked a little bit about his love of fire emblem mm. i'm not into tactical games you haven't just you haven't played these games. I haven't actually. So I I like tactical turn based games. I'm actually right. a really big fan of Final Fantasy Tactics. Everyone uh, is. Everyone it, in the world apparently is. It's cool. It's just really fucking hard. And I had um one of the Fire Emblem Awakening games at a point actually. Uh, okay. And I just it's never like GameCube. No, actually, fuck. What were the ones that came out for the 3DS? It was Conquest and. Nah, you. I, I'm not the man that you call on this. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Hold on, I want to look real quick. I'm the one who fails you. Like, Dad, God damn it! <laughs> How do you not know Bob Saget's first role? Okay, so it was it was Fire Emblem Fates, and it came uh, with two versions. Yeah. One of them was Conquest, and then the other was Birthright. Double and dipping, huh? I ended up buying Conquest because it had a really cool cover, and I was like, I really want to play this. I want to finally get into a Fire Emblem game. How'd it go? And I opened the package admired the artwork admired the little leaflet and a few months later i traded it in for overwatch (laughs) so i never got to play it i thought that was gonna go differently i opened it and it was filled with spiders no no so i never played fire emblem again i like what i saw here it looks really really cool the the premise that you could basically choose to you know be raised from one of three houses it's kind of the same deal with birthright and conquest where you have like different lineages that you can spawn off from and it'll kind of interplay with the world differently i think it's kind of cool Kind of reminds me of like Harry Potter in a little bit too, getting to choose houses. But otherwise, like the graphics look pretty cool, and I don't know, it looks looks neat. I'll give it that. Looks neat. He's saying it looks neat. He doesn't want to say anymore. And apparently, the fucking <laughs> like the collector's editions comes with all this crazy shit that people are losing their their minds over. Like what? Like a map and a cool steel book. Okay, I was about to say, does it come with like an actual fucking sword? Here's a sword. No, yes. it's it's gonna come with a fucking thirteen inch like statue of Marth oh my god <laughs> he's not even in the game but he's gonna be in, on that statue okay right fair enough but next this... thing on here i actually give a shit about okay astral chain it's coming out summer 2019 it is a platinum games mm. joint looks neat as fuck it's weird you play as a bunch of cops I, it, stick with me yeah stick with me don't walk away you play as cops i get it in japan oh, oh now you're coming back <laughs> uh and they throw down these fucking astral like robot projections that fight for them so it looks like two characters at once and you're like working in tandem to go through like this hack and slash very platinum games combat thing Mm -hmm. looks super interesting and looks really developed and polished for something that's coming out on the switch exclusively Mm -hmm. i don't mean to say anything bad i'm just saying like wow that's it's it's an impressive fucking game coming out for the switch but i mean would you expect anything else from platinum games their games are usually like 
come with a level of polish. Like look That's at true. fucking look at um near Automata, look at uh Bayonetta one and two. Like those yep. games have such a cool level of polish and gameplay to them. So carry on that shit, and mm-hmm. I will pick this game up. It looks fucking ratitude. I was standing in the kitchen. I ha- I was originally watching the direct <laughs> on my TV, and then I had to just get my day going because I had to go to work soon. And I had it on my phone, and I had it just propped against the mic- microwave, and I legit stopped what I was doing. I was like, "What is this? It looks really cool. Yeah, a lot of style to it too." Yeah, it reminds me of like an old Dreamcast game where it's just like mm. style and action and not much else, but fuck it, it's fun. But that's what I want from this game. Now, what's really cool, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice is actually getting onto the Switch, coming that's out in the spring. awesome. Fucking awesome game. Amazing game. I will point out, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, rustle anybody's gym. I don't think this is going to be that contentious. And it's not going to be that contentious. I don't think they showed gameplay footage from the switch i swear to god it was ps4 footage i swear mm. to you that it looked if it if it looks that way in the switch power to you yeah. ninja theory you fucking cracked it you cracked the switch but I, i'm just saying it looked a little too good it looked a little too good it i mean it's possible that it was running on pc oh fuck that man yeah. you can't be showing pc games during the goddamn <laughs> switch cast that's fucked up otherwise support this game this game is fucking great and i, I wanted to see good things out of ninja theory in the future too i've never played it um i think the themes that it deals with are, are really cool and really important i like mm. the sort of staggered um support it's been getting because it originally came to the ps4 and then it went over to xbox and now it's coming to the switch mm-hmm. and it's awesome i think it, like people should play this game i think it had like it tells a cool story has a good message and i know it's hindered by like kind of not the best combat but the story is good. Yeah, there's not a lot to the combat. It's it's kind of simplistic, but it's really about the environment, the storytelling, the way that it plays with sound. And it's a quick story, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's a quick, like, five-hour, six-hour, and then you're done kind of run. Okay. So, you know, don't. it's not this in-depth, like, Devil May Cry or some shit like that. Like, no, 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 no. But I do do absolutely recommend you play it because I was, like, floored by the end of it. Mm. Uh, next one on here, uh, if you're a fan of Undertale, Delta Rune Chapter 1 is actually coming out february 28th for the switch the first chapter will be free they're gonna make other chapters those won't be free toby fox told us he said you gotta pay for it <laughs> okay so sorry so sorry you gotta pay for a whole book sometimes yeah. that's neat i don't know what the fuck it is i saw a bunch of dogs i have no fucking clue what undertale is there's a skeleton boy a game. he's funny yeah <laughs> and how is delta ruin tied into that at all uh so delta ruin is actually an anagram for undertale if you look at it oh that's true that's true no i knew that i've seen that in tweets before actually um i i don't know if it's like a direct sequel i think it's just another game maybe in the same universe i don't know much much about it i know Mm. that people scream at me for not playing undertale maybe one day i'll get to it what is it is it like a narrative rpg what is it sort of yeah i think it's like a a narrative game okay kind of like an old point and click essentially but with rpg elements and okay. interesting yeah I, I don't know feel free to hit us up at save room show and tell us what the fuck delta rune is no. <laughs> uh you you have some words on this tell me about the next thing that they showed oh yeah uh yoshi's crafted <laughs> world um as of e3 it didn't have a release date and then in a tweet they of all places like in between directs when we didn't even know we were gonna get one they released more information about it and then at this direct they're like hey coming march 29th we're getting yoshi's crafted world fucking finally mm. um and at the time of the announcement they released a free demo with it too you played the demo i played the demo how'd you like the demo it's good it feels great it's it's just uh it's a good yoshi game is it as good as yoshi's story the best yoshi game ever made it doesn't have nearly as many songs does it have as many yoshis <laughs> it has no not nearly as many it's just the one yoshi then i don't understand <laughs> there are a lot of a lot of shy guys that you get to slurp up and turn into egg food oh my God. and uh, you get to touch a lot of cows because the what character's the f- like hey touch those cows for me 
this is a strange picture you're painting, buddy. Yeah. But no, okay, so on a, on a gameplay level, it plays like any other Yoshi game does. Same concept of like, you know, you get to basically suck up enemies, turn them into eggs, and use it to kind of like knock blocks or interact with the environment. Um, the way it plays with dimension and stuff is really cool. You can play with stuff in like the foreground and middle ground and background a lot, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you're just sucking eggs and knocking blocks. <laughs> Just like any old Yoshi game. <laughs> Take you back to the N64 days. What do you want from you Yoshi? You suckers. What do you want? Uh, the demo takes you through like the, the first level, basically, and, and towards the end of it, you have to like find train parts and put together a train, and when you do that, you oh, get to wow. like basically navigate through the world in different points of it, and at the end, you get to do a second run where you get to play behind it all, so you get to see like... All the crafted parts of it, like what makes up the stage. There's like a platform that, like on the backside, you see like a nutrition label because it's a can, and you see cracker boxes. It's it's cool. It's got like a really interesting like art style and charm to it. Kind of like we've talked about before, like uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn. So it's got mm. that really cool like handcrafted feel to it. So. The, are the signature Yoshi sounds in there? Ta-dum. Ta-dum. Ring hut. <laughs> They're there because <laughs> you, yeah, because you get to do that same <laughs> thing where you do the the, the leg kick jump where you <laughs> jump in it. <laughs> <laughs> if you took this out of context this no, would be a very interesting totally fine, asmr totally but i don't know i think i'm gonna get this game I'm pretty hyped on it <laughs> all right I'm, I'm very hyped for you too uh, i will delete your save on that and play it myself uh, next <laughs> thing on you. here is that final fantasy uh 7 is coming out for this we knew about this but mm-hmm. we have a release date march 26 sure. uh and final fantasy 9 is on the fucking eShop right now i do want to point out something that a few others have it is a port of the pc kind of version of the game mm-hmm. so it has the really ugly ui where they grade everything and like took out the flavor from the original mm. game and it even has the same fucking bugs so it seems like square didn't do anything but just shit it out onto the okay. switch but otherwise it's still a phenomenal game interesting so is that the same yeah. remaster that we got on the ps4 correct okay I mean, it had some, like, really cool, like, things to it. It had, like, uh, little mod things that you can do and things to kind of, like, fuck with the gameplay a little bit, like, where you can do instant 999 damage or you can speed through, like... Uh, oh, my God, really? There's, like, a quick mode. There's a mode where you can turn off random encounters. Uh, what was... There was one that I really, really liked. No, I think it was the no encounter mode. So that That's, stuff is all cool, but... It gave you a game shark. Basically, yeah. It gave you, like, a built-in game shark, but you're <laughs> right. The UI is really, really ugly. Okay. It's got this weird box and frame feel to it. Weird, man. Weird, but, weird, weird. I mean, that's cool that, like, finally, Final Fantasy games are coming back to Nintendo after all these years. Oh, well, I'd throw every Final Fantasy in the sea if it meant getting Part 8 on the fucking Switch. And why aren't we getting that, Kevin? Why do you think? Uh, because there's no justice in this world. Hmm. I don't... I didn't know if there was another reason. Oh, probably some sort of weird music licensing issue on mm. the original game. And out there, Squall's just like, whatever. <sighs> it's a fantastic game. Turn 20. Oh, yeah, it did. I just turned 20. God, I love that game. It's your favorite Final Fantasy, right? It's my favorite Final Fantasy of all mm. time. Yeah, for sure. C- can you shout out, just real quick, like one thing about this game that would make it worth it for like modern audiences to play? Well, in general, you go to a military school, not unlike the characters from Starship Troopers, and you... Uh, uh, in order to pass your exams, you got to go into a cave and fight Ifrit, and there's a dinosaur underneath the school, and within the first two hours, you end up into a uh, gigantic war on a faraway uh, island nation. Sounds really cool. It's amazing. It's an amazing fucking Fuck game. Yeah. Your teacher wants to have sex with you. Um, she joins you and whips enemies. There's a cowboy at one point. <laughs> there's a sorceress and wants to kill you. Uh... 
There's some sort of monster hidden in the school that controls time. It's fucking great. Okay. okay. It's fucking great. The through line is Laguna's story. You may not know what that means, and I don't care to explain it to you, but it is worth picking up that game. It's actually pretty riveting. It's I gotta really say. fucking riveting. Okay. Okay. The next one we got on here is Tetris 99. What? What? And it's available now. Yep. But what is the caveat? You need to have Nintendo Switch Online. Hmm. Yep, that's how they get you. But that's business, baby. That's business. It's actually smart to kind of like a release. Of course. This sort of version of te- like it's a battle royale too, which is interesting for Tetris because they haven't ever done that before. No, of course not. And people laughed at the idea, but it's actually really addictive from mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. We watched some gameplay earlier on Twitch. Can you tell me what we fucking saw we in wa- action? So we wanted to see what it was before we sat down to record. And I I went on Twitch. Kevin's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just going to look it up. And I looked up Tetris 99. And the first one we saw was just this dude. He kind of was just like lackadaisically playing. He, you know, you're basically one of 99 players as the title fucking insinuates. Yeah, you got cream pretty quick. Yeah, and he was out by, he was like rank 60. He got out pretty early. But then we went over this guy. His name's Tafo Kintz, T-A-F-O-K-I-N-T-S. And this dude was slaughtering it. Like, he came in first three times. Oh, my God. He was just casually. And the thing is, he was, like, trying to, it was, like, him holding a seminar. He was teaching you what we're doing. He was, like, oh, yeah, we're going to definitely uh, start building up in the center here. I'm doing this deliberately. Yeah. And we're going to move this over here. And there are, all of these holes are deliberate because they're going to pay off eventually. This is how we're just... zoning for Tetris. I'm going to save this one so I can get a double here. Didn't he have some sort of fucking, like, Tetris-specific nomenclature? That, he like, was throwing out words left and right. I was like, oh, shit. I was I like, guess, what the fuck? I guess that is what the pros call that. And he that. crushed it. He was number one. He beat it. And he was like, and then he looks at the camera and he's like, and that's how you beat it. That's how you win. <laughs> like, <laughs> we saw such a stark contrast or like where we watched him. He was in, like, he was, like, level... He was player number 23 or whatever, and you can kind of see, like, in the background, I guess, like, the quicker you get combos and stuff, the the more it sends out, like, bad blocks that people have to basically clear through. They, yeah. they, they push up your stack in typical Tetris fashion, and he was sending those out left and right to people. He was the fucking... <laughs> Terra Tetra. He was the Tetramino god, and he was just kind of just just streaming and being himself, and yeah. like da da da, and fucking murdering people, destroying them. Their switches were on fire <laughs> in their hands. He was destroying. These people now have to pay for his annual subscription just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> they owe him money. He beat them so badly. Watching this game though, it was like, dude, it's Tetris, but it's got like a cool bent to it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to fucking pick it up. I still want to pick it up. I had had no incentive to get Nintendo Switch Online mm-hmm. until this game. I don't give a shit about your fucking 8-bit classic collection. I want SNES games, and you're not giving that to me, mm-hmm. so I don't care. This game has made me care. This game has made me care because it's an interesting strategy and a smart strategy from Nintendo, but it makes me like hopeful that they'll do more things like this that will mm-hmm. make Nintendo's online subscription worth having. Got, you got to put that value proposition yeah. in there because so far people are like, eh, scratching their heads like, yeah, well, you know, it's so cheap that like it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. But that like that's literally the greatest incentive that they've had up until now where it's like, no, 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 we have this really cool bent on Tetris that mm-hmm. everyone's getting down on, including your fucking aunt. Yeah. <laughs> you need your to aunt is out there crushing people yeah. right now. Yeah. Th- this is a killer app, man. It's cool. It doesn't apparently it doesn't have a ranked mode yet. But like just to say that, like, mm-hmm. I beat. 98 other people in tetris like live like yeah. that's kind of cool i don't know some of these people are god tier this fucking tetro master over here is i mean too much dude he was landing all the t-spins getting the columns just right getting into situations where that other guy would have floundered but i think i think if i got this i could at least get in the top 20 i think okay. i could do it 
Tetris effect too. has honed a Tetris warrior out of me. I think you could too, because <laughs> you fucking got real far in that game. And you yeah. got through the expert mode. I beat it on expert. Yeah. You beat it on expert. I have seventy five percent of the trophies somehow. Listen, man, I think you should sharpen your teeth out there in the online battlefield. Mm-hmm. You will be the victor. I'll never beat uh, Tafo Kents or Tafo Kents, but you know, no, that try. that guy literally sees like Matrix code for that game. He he, he predicts that he actually summons Tetraminos. <laughs> the one that he wants is summoned every time he blinks. Fuck. <laughs> so I want you to tell me about this last one. This was actually I would consider the biggest announcement from <clears throat> Nintendo Direct February. I would say it was probably one of the biggest cold announcements from a nintendo direct in a while i think it's really really cool they kept saying that like you know oh this is what we have for you coming out soon this is what we can showcase and then he kept saying okay just stick around to the end because there's one more thing they announced Mm -hmm. a remake of 1993's Link's awakening and there had been rumors leading up to this point that there was basically going to be a 2d zelda in (laughs) the works like whether it was a new title Something like in the lines of uh, like Link Between Worlds, something off of that beat. Which I love that game. Yeah, and that wouldn't have been bad at all. <clears throat> but the fact that they went out of their way to remake a 26-year-old Zelda game, a very, very coveted Zelda game, it's impressive. Yeah, and it <clears throat> looks fucking great. It has so much charm to the art style. Uh, hell, how hype was that fucking intro video, too? I knew. The second I saw it, the second I saw Link out there on that raft and, mm-hmm. like, the backdrop of the storm, I was like, are they really showing, like, Link's Awakening? Yo, can we get, like, a, a Zelda anime? Can we get a Zelda anime? I, I feel like that's a proof of concept right there, my mm. dog. We need some, some Zelda anime on I mean, Netflix. They had some in, like, the 80s and 90s, and they are kind of... They like, had an animated show. Yeah, I know. And it was dick and balls. Well, hey, we got... I mean, the 80s Shankar thing, it's supposed to be live action, but hopefully they can maybe turn it into an anime. No, that's not happening at all. Oh, they canceled that? that? No, it's never happened. It was never happening. Oh, okay. Yeah, remember how like he was leading up to it, and then it turned out it was fucking Devil May Cry. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I would really, I would (laughs) like uh, Adi Shankar to to (laughs) take over Zelda in some way because I think he could bring an interesting bent to it. I don't know. Maybe that guy's too stylish for that kind of shit. I don't know. There's a lot of style within the Zelda game canon, though. Each game has a different style to it. Yeah, but it's like a classical fantasy where like my dude does like fuck you in your face kind of that's action true. like so really I don't know loud anime style exactly but like, I, I don't know if that's cool a, i don't know if that's quite the zelda anime one yeah. but anyway this fucking game looks great mm-hmm. i'm definitely gonna pick it up mm-hmm. i loved a link between worlds and i looked at this game and i was like that's just, it's more of that yeah what i didn't know because i never played the original link's awakening was the the weird nintendo characters like yeah. jumping in like kirby and shit so you got kirby you got wart you have goombas you have chain chomps like, yeah you have this in- interesting house of nintendo characters just because they were there and like they wanted to use them and like granted like miyamoto worked on both properties so there's that natural intermingling of it was, uh, it was smash before smash exactly so you, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so you would have the mario characters but it was interesting to see kirby and war and other characters like that too this game is really really cool it was um get back into the history of this a little bit it was supposed to originally be a port of link to the past on the game boy but I guess it became like a sort of after hours passion project. And like, now let's just do something cool and new. So this is supposed to be sort of the, the direct sequel to that game. Um, it takes place in the timeline where Ganon wins. So everything's kind of shit fucked. That's fucked. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And the premise is you basically get marooned on this island. It kind of feels like a fever dream because you're seeing all this weird stuff and doing 
very unusual things in a Zelda game. Um, and there's this windfish. You basically have to awaken the windfish. But well, why? Why do you need to awaken the that, windfish? That's that's the whole because you come across a character. He's like, oh, you got to collect these eight instruments to wake up. You got to create a symphony to wake up this fish, and you'll be returned home basically. Um, but then halfway through, you get kind of re- the reveal that it might all be a dream that you're in the dream of the windfish. It's just a really really cool setting, a really really <clears> interesting <throat> vibe. A Zelda game that doesn't really house many Zelda characters, like Zelda's mentioned, Ganon isn't in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's so, cool. Yeah, it's, it's really, really neat. And I really like the stylish approach that they kind of took for it. Some of it, like, I'm not sure I love all the character models, but, like, I like the the level and environment rendering and how it's kind of like a... Just say what you, you don't like. I know what you don't like. What? This fucking dead shark eyes. Uh, like. Yeah, the, the weird shark eyes. I'm I don't like, like that. I get that they're paying homage yeah. to the original art style, but, like, you don't have to. You don't have to. I don't know. Other Otherwise, though, like, the, the levels seem really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. It's got a lot of I style. Totally. It's got a lot of style, but like, it's, it's a weird look, man. It is just, weird. Just let me let me have a skin where he's got fucking eyeballs. Let me actually have eyeballs. <laughs> fucking give Link eyeballs 2019. Oh my that's god, that's what the we campaign. Need to do. Patch him in. God, this is totally a Reggie choice. He was like, no, no, he should have dead eyes. Deader than that. And these little fucking pinpricks. <laughs> he hasn't been dilated, dilated in years. You don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> he's expressionless. <laughs> okay. Did you ever play Link's Awakening? Originally? No, 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 I, d- I definitely didn't. Because mm, okay. uh, that was Game Boy original yeah. that came out for it. No, man, I didn't get around to that. Actually, a a lot of the classic ones I didn't play okay. initially. I didn't play Zelda into Ocarina. And mm. then I started going back and playing a few. But very, I always say, it's very few Zeldas I've actually beaten. Okay. Like, I can give you Ocarina. I can give you... That's it. No. Oh, sorry. Uh, a Link Between Worlds I definitely beat okay. through and through. But never Majora, never Wind Waker. Nope. Okay. Nope. None of those. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, man. No, it's okay. I mean, to, to my discredit here there are a lot of the old 2d ones that i haven't beat either just because like i might have played them as a kid but i never owned the console into adulthood or really got to spend long-term play with them until they came to like the uh the the virtual console well if i get nintendo switch online Mm. i'll play these old ass ones that are so coveted Mm. i've never played the nes ones never yeah there you go you need to take my podcast away from me, huh? Huh, you son of a bitch? What are you going to do? I mean, if I had said that, they would probably take my chair away. But That's you've played every Resident Evil game, so you get to keep your hot seat. That's true. But yeah, this is dope. It's coming in the summer, 2019. Really? It's coming this summer? Yeah. Fuck So yeah. the thing about all the games that were announced game. is literally all these games are coming out this year, which is really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Like, there were no, like just title cards for games of things that like we don't know too much about no teasers it's legit like no this shit's coming to your hands by the end of the year uh, you know that shit hasn't worked out for nintendo in the past yeah it's true <laughs> yeah that's why we haven't seen anything about metroid but well yeah well other that shit that. hasn't worked out in the past. <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I think it's awesome like, like hey here's what's actually coming out it's very tangible mm-hmm. and i think especially for a lot of their audience like you know 2020 2021 sounds yeah. forever the fuck away because it's like hey what's coming out to the switch this year i think that was kind of a question mark where everyone was asking at the beginning of the year they're like yeah we know like pokemon and such yeah. is supposed to come but what's really coming out this shit's coming well, out son I, I didn't know what their big hype for it was because 2017 <clears throat> was you know it was zelda it was mario at the end of the year last year was smash brothers it was pokemon mm-hmm. and it's like 2019 yeah i mean jrpg fans they're holding their breath for fire emblem it's happening. Yeah, you just gotta keep on holding that breath. The Pokemon RPG, and then um, like the Yoshi game. But other than, like, I guess now that Metroid's been kind of re- restructured for new development, that's Ain't not coming happening. out this year. No. Yeah, so they they kind of needed something, and I don't know, a, a remaking an old classic is pretty cool. Yeah, I'll I th- give them that. I think it's cool, and I, th- I think it also like adds a little of uh, 
you know, kind of depth of variety for mm-hmm. the franchise. Because it's yes. like, don't expect, hey, fans, you don't have to expect to wait like fucking four, five, six years for like big ass games like Breath of the Wild. No, we have these other supplemental titles that are unto themselves really cool. Mm-hmm. Like they, we, we go back to classic Zelda. Maybe they do something else, like another another remake. Maybe I we see, uh, I don't know. They remade the shit out of everything already. That's true. I really wouldn't mind if they kept doing that alternation. <laughs> like, here's a huge new iteration here's a remake or something like for fans like long-term fans yeah so it's good shit i'm excited about that i thought this direct was pretty cool if you're a jrpg fan you're gonna Mm -hmm. be fucking taken care of for a while uh if you're into platinum games you're gonna be all right even with that producer leaving Mm -hmm. you're gonna be okay this year you'll be okay if you like throwing eggs at people yoshi's got it for you you want to you want to be sucking on eggs (laughs) throwing blocks (laughs) that's the selling point for the game yeah all right i guess we're gonna go and download tetris 99 man Let's do it. I mean, we first got to get the online subscription, but yeah, yeah well, you know, <laughs> I'll get it. The thing is, like, there's no guarantee that we'll get to play together, which kind of sucks because it's all online. Oh, yeah. And it's all, I guess, through random servers. Hmm. Well, it's not like PlayStation. I wouldn't know how to get into a party with you on the Switch mm. and do anything with you. Well, wherever there are hearts, we are always connected. Oh, wow. So Tetris hey. is just data damn sora <laughs> sora <laughs> we end every episode now with fucking goofy <laughs> all right we're shutting it down to remind you guys this is the save room two soft boys screaming into a microphone about nintendo games and jrpgs i don't care about listen i don't how long are we gonna be soft boys for when can i be like a chiseled hard tetramino when, when i want to be a t-boy you ask me where you're gonna be a hard boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't really want me out of the tetris block heaven uh, that's a uh, save room after dark you get some hard boys oh we're your two favorite hard boys okay <laughs> anyway you can find us on twitter at save room show otherwise our home is soundcloud.com sorry soundcloud.com slash the save room show or you can find us on spotify itunes stitcher google play and uh chat chatterbait now you're just doing it to <laughs> fuck with me <laughs> Clickbox. <laughs> Clickbox, hitbox. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. You got anything for me? Outside of the sound space, I guess to do some, uh, you know, Twitch housekeeping <laughs> so again. Sick. You can find us on Twitch. <laughs> Kevin, respectively, is at twitch.tv slash the writer. Outside of the universe, Longmore <laughs> Man lives in. You can find us on <laughs> Twitch. <laughs> you can find me over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. <laughs> Oh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash the redder. I shouted you out. Oh, did you? (laughs) Sorry, I was laughing at my own jokes. (laughs) All right, it's over. Everyone dies now. Yeah. Good night. Well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate the fuck out of you. Sora! Donald! (laughs) Look!